Hello. Part one. <laughs> and then it starts. Ready? Yeah. Hello, and welcome to the Ghoul Squad podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. I'm Keegan Preslak. I am Eric Hoff. And this is a horror podcast where two buddies in the middle of nowhere get together once a year. Yes. And talk horror movies. Hello, Eric. That's correct. Yeah, it's been a while. Hello. Sorry. How you been doing? Uh, good. Alive and well. Busy. Thriving. Busy. I did a bunch of bullshit. Like, I had to go to Minnesota. Uh, shout out to my stepfather. He, we, we had a, a, a passing on his side of the family, which was unfortunate. So. Sorry to hear that, Doc. Um, but thank you. Uh, and sorry to my stepfather for his loss, mm. if he listens to this. But anyways, the point is I had to go to Minnesota, which was great. His family's awesome. But I spent a lot of time doing that and was busy with that. And then I think Memorial Day, Doc. I saw a fucking Top Gun Maverick in IMAX. That's fucking tight. How good is Top Gun Maverick? Though? Let me tell you how good Top Gun Maverick is. How I good it, is it? I now? saw it at the shitty ass Carlsbad Theater and was blown away. So I ne- I've only seen it twice in IMAX. So, so you like, can't see it any other way. I'm almost afraid to rewatch it now yeah. because it literally was just shaking the entire theater. Um, and it's so good. Speaking of IMAX, you and I are going to go watch Nope together. Yes. And have you broken the news to Dana that he's not invited? No, I'm just kidding. That. You I know. have not yet told him because I yet. know th- I know it's coming. I invited Melissa. Oh, cool. Um, I just told Andrew like in passing, and he was like, "Oh, cool. Maybe I'll go." So if he does, that'd be great because then Dana could yeah. go. What about seats though? Because we already bought tickets. So like, how are the seats going to work? There's still a lot open. Like Melissa yeah. already got hers. Okay, cool. So I mean, maybe they go and they don't sit with us. Are you going to ride with us? We want that was you. That's my ride. plan. Was yes. to go with you. We want you to ride with us. Yeah. My worry. Here's my worry. We're talking about seeing Nope, Jordan Peele's Nope, and IMAX, which hopefully this podcast even arrives before that. Yeah, uh, two weeks. <laughs> two weeks from now. But um, my our worry is that you're going to go with them, and then you're going to end up riding with them, and it's like you're not even going no, with us. No, I feel like I wanted to go with you guys since you invited me. Yeah. I really want you to go with this because it'd be fun. We don't, Eric and I don't do that much outside the podcast anymore. Right. Which I think we've addressed because we hate each other. Right. Yes. Uh, but no, I can't wait for no. But what if, what, what if we're, you, we're basically Michael Myers and Dana Carvey? Yes. Chemistry on set, outwards, who knows? And you're talking about Wayne's My, World. No, Michael Myers, the, uh, the slasher. And anyways, <laughs> uh, Eric, what have you been doing? Like, I did. I went to El Paso for like some baseball games. I had to go to Minnesota, mm-hmm. which I addressed and just been busy. And obviously we could have recorded. Obviously we can. Right. But we've been busy. Eric, what have you been doing? Uh, I just would like to first clear <laughs> that we were just joking about the whole disliking each other. Yes, absolutely. Of the yeah. pod. Uh, I would say just the usual uh, work. Halo. Going to the hospital. Uh, yeah. So on Go Skateboarding Day last month, I took a real gnarly slam to my shoulder. Uh, I may have hit my head. I'm not sure. Oh, I was shit, pretty nah. rattled after it happened. 
You look rattled right now. And what's funny is like, so it's me and this dude I skate with John and I was trying to get like footage because it was go skateboarding day and I wanted to put together a small video. So I just sat there in all this fucking pain trying to film him to continue getting clips. And so I don't know, maybe like an hour or two passed and I went to go get Subway and my mom was there just like coincidentally. And I was like, I fucked up my shit. And she told you to go to the hospital? No. Uh, we like stayed and ate, uh, you know, Subway. And then finally I was like, I think I want to go to the ER. Yeah. Uh, I'm, this is really fucking like just sitting there, like not moving. Yeah. You know, it hurt. Um, so took a few x-rays. Uh, their diagnosis was contusion of the shoulder, which I guess is simply a bruise. Um, it's been a little more than two weeks now. And like, I'm definitely feeling better, but I'm not a hundred percent. Um, it sucks. It's your right shoulder. Right, that sucks. This yeah. is my dominant hand, I suppose. But like, you know, I'm sure it is, though. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm like forced to use it all the time. You know, obviously because of uh, my work. Right. Uh, here's what bummed me out the most. Uh, for the last three years, uh, I like to put together a small video of for my birthday of trying to do that many skateboard uh, flip tricks as the oh, number yeah. I'm turning. And so I'm not a hundred percent, but I've already started. And as nice. of this uh, recording, I'm at 22 of 34. So E-Dog is hanging in there. You're going to be 34? I'm going to be 34 in almost a week. Oh, yeah. Over over this time, I turned 31, yeah. uh, June 17th. So That's right. Um, but yeah, I the reason... Did you do anything for your birthday? No, I was... Uh, was this when you were in Minnesota? I had just gotten back. So okay. we had, like just got back and we... No, I didn't do anything. I kind of don't really care about my birthday. I know it's like cool to say that. But um, you know how everybody makes a big deal about their birthday. I think it's just sort of annoying. No, I want time off. <laughs> I want ahead, motherfuckers yeah. to get me a cake. Go, I want go presents. Off, yeah, I want to be celebrated. Um, so you're talking about your your shoulder. Yes. And I think you've made fun of me for this in the past, but I'll quickly tell my shoulder story. Oh, you're not going to tell the, the pumpkin story fucking up your shin? No, no. Okay. That is a story for another time. Uh, but no, so like uh, in college, we used to, uh, have you ever bombed a hill, Ida? I have bombed hills. Yes. Uh, so we used to, you know, we were big into longboarding, right? Okay. And you've heard this story and you've made fun of me, I think, behind my back with Dana before about this, but that's okay. Well, not what, just this story. Well, yeah. What I was going to say, what else is new? <laughs> so no, when we were in college, we used to, um, uh, New Mexico State University's campus is on this giant hill. The entire campus stretches on a hill. So we used to start at the top and just haul ass down this this campus for hours on end and listen to music with longboards, um, which I know sounds incredibly cool. So I appreciate everyone for thinking how cool that is. <laughs> but um, anyways, w- we never like got fucked up or fell. We used to do like crazy ass shit. Like uh, I'm sure everyone has in their hometown this like giant hill that everyone talks about in Carlsbad. It's called Sea Hill. Which I would not ride down. Right. So we used to like go down that with no helmet and we would just... We you would, would ride down Sea Hill on would, your longboard? Yes. We would do it like five or six times in a night. That's like, fucking crazy. Not not the other side. Not the curvy side. No. But it, the, the either high side school is side. Fucked up. Yeah. We used to go down the high school side. Uh, we say that because the high school is next to Sea Hill. Um we used to literally just like it got so bad we would joke while going down. Like I'd be next to Lucas. Me and Lucas would be going down. My how brother, fast would you be going? So my brother would record us in the car, uh, which he could have run us over. You, you have to remember we're like nineteen. We're also stupid. how would you stop? You wouldn't. You just keep going through the goddamn stop signs. Oh, and everything? absolutely. Well, you got to remember this is like two in the morning. Okay. 
and we would go all the way to Stop and Shop. That's fucked all up. All the way down there. But the point of the story is we didn't care. We thought it was funny. Well, then finally, you know, life catches up to you. Sure does. One day we were in, uh, sorry to, to overtake your shoulder story, but we were going down this uh, giant hill at New Mexico State, and um, I think we were like, oh, let's just do half of it, and then we'll go home because that's where our, our dorm was. It was like halfway down. And I was like, all right, yeah, I, I guess we're done. So I, I went down faster than I expected and tried to turn instead of going further down the hill. And I went into this bed of grass instead of like, I was going too fast and I couldn't stop. Mm -hmm. So I just bailed off and tried to roll. Well, I'm not a small person as I'm sure everyone is, is very aware. And so I tried to roll and I just slammed my left shoulder uh. into the grass, which it was not a spongy grass. It was like basically going into concrete. And I had to go to the hospital and got it uh, looked at and everything. And it's still messed up to this day. So, Eric, I hope yours isn't you know messed up you know to this day. Like, as of right now, like at work, uh, I tell you I've been skating because I'm trying to work on this video for my birthday. It feels fine. Happy early birthday, Eric. Oh, thanks, Da. Um, but when I'm in bed trying to sleep, all of a sudden it's like yeah. the most agitated thing in the world. Like I like just in my sleep last night, I moved onto it and I was like, Oh my God. Y yeah. I, I felt like I haven't gotten good sleep since I fell on my shoulder. That sucks stuff. Yeah. I hope it's all right. I mean, I still have this giant bump where it happened. So I have no idea what's going on. I don't want to get it fixed. Cause it does. It mine doesn't hurt anymore, mm. but it's like, I can tell something's wrong with it, but it doesn't, it's not pain. You know what I mean? Right. Like something's wrong with you this said a shoulder. bump. It's not like cancerous, is it, or something? I hope it is. <laughs> God, you know what? God willing, it is. No, I think it's out of place, but um, I don't want to deal with it. I got an x-ray and they said it wasn't at the time, mm -hmm. but I think, you know, America's healthcare system is not exactly. Let me ask you this. Did you go just by yourself to the hospital? I think I went, I think I like was. Like in Las Cruces or did like friends go with you? Yeah, I, you know, my well, mom with, went with me to the ER. I think my brother was my roommate at the time. I think this is my second year in college, oh. I think. And I think he went with me or he was visiting. So it was me and him went to the ER. Um, but anyways, it, it went on too long. But the point of the story is, yeah, that sucks. You fucked up your shoulder because it sucks. Yes. So I can't swallow pills. I thought you were going to say something else. So I'm I'm sitting in this ER bed. Like at all? A period. In this and did you know this prior? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. And so this nurse walks in and he hands me like two small cups. And uh, I feel like an idiot because like the, they're paper cups. And the way I grab it, it like squashes the water and I like spill it everywhere. And I'm like... Oh, I can't swallow pills. So this other nurse hears it, and she's like, we can give you a shot. And I'm like, sure, you know, just take it in my left arm. Left arm's fine. He comes back, and he's like, you're going to have to drop your pants. So I take a shot in the ass. Nice, And I tell duh. you what, duh. Yes. It was not as fun as you were expecting. It didn't help. <laughs> Edog still had full pain after the shot in the butt. That's awesome, duh. Yep. I think this probably concludes our shoulder Shoulder stories. pain yes. story. Yes. Uh, well, I hope yours feels better soon. Thank Eric. you. Me too. Uh, hopefully by nope, uh, it's better. I doubt it because that's a, that's two weeks. Yes. Well, are you so? How do you take any medicine? I kind of don't like. You don't take ibuprofen ever. No, I was I was pretty sick a few maybe I don't know two months ago, and you know I can I would drink Tylenol. Oh yeah, I forgot about that liquid Tylenol. Well, anyways, this is you know it's kind of funny. Obviously, I'm 31 now. You'll be 34. It's kind of like this podcast is us getting older almost. Yeah. Um, well, Eric, any anything else about our lives? What, what? Why didn't we record? Because we're lazy assholes. Yeah.
That's, That's pretty enough. much the answer. I mean, we could, I could say I was out of town and shit, but really, we're lazy assholes. Yeah. What else before we move on to? We have, okay. What, oh, fuck. What are we doing on this episode, Eric? Uh, we're finally getting to our Julian Mori and Alexander Bastillo ranking. Yes. Um, so I had so much time to watch six <laughs> films. Uh, we haven't done an episode since like March. Yeah. And um, so when I finally decide I'm going to do it, uh, you know, Among the Living was a Shutter exclusive for a long time. It's not there anymore. Which, L- Livid was on there too. Uh, which kind of well, see, L- Livid was exciting, and that was kind of the reason I wanted to do it because it was like the first time it was like readily available in America. Yes. But what's wild is it only lasted on the on the service for like a month or two. I wonder what the story is with that. But the whole so let's say real quick before we move on to the rest of our stuff, you know, why are we doing a Bustillo and Mori episode? Well, I wanted to for two reasons. I had just rewatched Leatherface for our TCM episode, yes, and then. Livid was all of a sudden available to me. So I was like, well, shit, let's, let's do that. Um, and, so, the, and these guys are important to us because, as you've heard, this podcast almost turns into like the French extremism promotion hour. Right. Um, and so like in the late 2000s, uh, early to late 2000s, uh, there was this giant wave of, of French cin- uh, horror right. that was called New French Extremism Horror. And... You know, obviously, it had films like Martyrs and Inside and Frontiers um, and High Tension. And obviously, Eric and I have this like giant uh, affection. I'll just say boner for these movies. You know, uh, I can't name many films off the top of my head, but you go back as far as something to like, I think it's called The Baby. Uh, there's that film where yeah. a woman, she gets pregnant and she can like hear the baby inside her like womb and it's like telling her to kill for it. Uh, it's a French film. Uh, like, even that is, like, super gory. And this is, like, you know, maybe late 80s, early 90s. So I don't know when, like, the new started, but I feel like French were already, like, they were already hitting it hard. Yeah, I I would love to. And and these two guys, they're, they're a directing duo that made Inside, and then they've made six films that we're going to rank, right? Right. But I would, I would man, I, maybe this is our next project. No, I'm just kidding. We, we, we could never do something like this. But I would love, you know how, like, um, there was like a few documentaries a couple years ago, like one called yellow fever. And it was about, um, giallo Italian giallo. Mm. Yep. I wish someone would make a documentary about this era because I'd I'd love to know more information as to like, yes, you could feel that way and want to make art that way, but you still have to get funding. And who was like, how were they getting funding for these movies? Like inside and martyrs. Like I'd love to hear the sort of production stories of like these movies. Um, yeah. And now interestingly, uh, so, so what I was trying to get at was I, I, I didn't get to rewatch among the living and it's been so long since I've seen that goddamn film. I don't even have it on my list. So I apologize. Uh, cause I don't remember that fucking film, but interestingly, like, uh, inside livid martyrs, you can all go, they're all readily available to rent or buy on iTunes. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I remember one time I logged into, so like I usually check um, iTunes movies, uh, like uh, I'll just hit the horror section to see what their new releases are. Mm-hmm. And one day I clicked it and it was just the the Pascal, we don't know how to say his name, Pascal Laguerre's Martyrs. It mm-hmm. had the picture of it. And this is on the front page of the iTunes movie store. And I was like, what and the it, fuck? And it's like five ninety nine, and it's it's unrated. It's yeah. not because there was an R rated cut that like was released in Walmart and shit, and it's the unrated cut, and it's kind of right. 
kind of funny because I remember back then it was like you had to make sure like you were getting like the full cuts and oh, shit. Oh, yeah. And now they're for $6 on iTunes. Yep. Just go. Um, it's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I have the Blu-ray of uh, of Martyrs that I, I cherish. I think it's Canadian. I, I feel like you that that's a title you've held over my head for years. And yes. I've, and I've got one that's even shittier. What is it? I've seen the Inside remake. Oh, yes, I did that not. That shit is terrible. Yeah, and remember the Martyrs remake was like... I didn't see that. It's fine. It's, it's basically awful. Okay. But it's fine. Uh, it's not martyrs. It's not, I wish it wasn't even called that. Well, you know, what's funny is, you know, this is the French extreme era, right? And, and the inside remake just like is the opposite of extreme. It's like the play it safe, no balls version of inside. Dude, let me ask you this. Ask me. Don't spoil what happens, but does what happens at the end of inside happen in the remake? No. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's sort of the whole point of the movie. Right. Okay. Uh, well, anyways, so I don't know. I guess I guess we're on to the next, right? We're on to the next. Uh, That's but, what we're discussing. Oh, and then we're also going to review, uh, for what we've been watching, we're not going to do a lot. Yeah. Because it, for our what we've been watching, we're going to review four giant releases. So we're going to review X, The Northman, Men, and The Black Phone. Correct. So instead of doing like personal what we've been watching, we'll just throw out a couple things we've watched and then get to those. So... We're trying to make this a jam-packed, big episode, um, but uh, I, we probably won't succeed in that. Rarely do. Yes. So, Eric, you want to do trivia? Let's do trivia. Okay. Uh, horror I, edition, trivial pursuit. pursuit. Horror pursuit. Horror edition. Okay. So, you know, before the episode, I... Uh, Mix the cards. There's another word I want for that. Shuffle the cards. Yes. And um, this card, you know, I looked at, and this is like the closest there's ever going to be to a Keegan card. Oh, wow. With the exception of the last question, I feel like you'll nail all of these. Okay. Oh, these look good for you, too. Okay. You want to go first? Me go first. You go first. Who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. I'll ask you. Okay. All right. And this is Horror Edition Trivial Pursuit. Go ahead, Eric. Horror. Who composed the famous theme for Jaws? John Williams. Yes. Okay, Eric. Yes. In The Wolfman, yes. 1941. Okay. The, Liar. <laughs> the protagonist, Lawrence Talbot, uh-huh. buys a cane decorated with the silver bust of what animal? A wolf. You got it. I got it. I think you're going to get the rest of this card, Doc. Okay, number two for Keegan. Keegan. KP, name the director of the first two Hostel films who also appeared as an actor in a Quentin Tarantino film. Eli Roth. Correct. Okay, Eric. What Superman Returns co-writer directed Trick or Treat? Michael Doherty. Yes. I mean, I can look, but yes. Okay. Go ahead. Number three for KP. What is the phrase Wendy finds repeatedly typed on the entire manuscript of her husband Jack in The Shining? All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. This is true. Yes. Okay, Eric. This one, it sucks because this might be just hard because we, we, I think we saw this movie once. Okay. Lay it on me. In It Comes at Night. Okay. 2017, which is a good movie. Which character is the son of Paul? Travis, Will, Andrew, or Bud? 
I'll go with Bud. I like Bud. I I don't I don't know. I'm gonna go with Travis. <laughs> okay. Travis. Travis. So there you go. Missed that one. That's that's ridiculous. A name of someone in It Comes at Night. Was it a twist or something? I don't remember that film. No. Okay. It definitely wasn't. That film had Riley Q. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. That's uh I found out that's Elvis's like granddaughter. granddaughter. I had no yeah. idea that. In Annabelle Creation. Yikes. What is the name of the character that assembles Annabelle at the beginning of the film? Oh, my gosh. Another name question. And there's no choices? There's no choices. Yeah. I mean, I love Annabelle Creation is the best Annabelle film. It's amazing. It's directed by David F. Sandberg. I don't know what the name is, Doc. Uh, Samuel Mullins. Yep. Never would have got that. Okay. So we both missed one so far. Mm-hmm. Eric, what decade is Ouija Origin of Evil set in? 70s. Oh, it says 1960s. Hmm. I would have said 70s as well. Darn it. Okay, Eric, go ahead. What is the name of the actor that played Dr. Samuel Lewis in Halloween? Lewis? <laughs> <I said Lewis. laughs> yeah, he said Dr. Samuel Lewis. Yeah, twist question. No, uh, Lewis. I feel like we're both off on our pronunciations already today. Uh, that is Donald Pleasance. Incorrect. Rob Zombie's Halloween. Oh, you didn't I'm say that. I'm fucking with that, you. Though. That would be, uh, oh, God. Uh, fucking what's his name? Malcolm from, McDowell. Yeah, Malcolm McDowell from uh, A Clockwork Orange. Correct. Eric. I'm fucking with you, da. Eric. Yes. What actor played Patrick Bateman in American Psycho? That's really the question. Christian Bale. Yes. Who I'm going to see tonight. You're going to see tonight. That's true. We're going to go watch Thor 4 tonight. Yes. All right, da. This is a tough one. Unless it's just some like uh, broad term. Okay. In the opening scene of the host, what chemicals emptied into the Han River, precipitating the appearance of the titular care creature? Titular waste. Um, no. <laughs> I'm oh. gonna say. What did it say? What kind of waste? Uh, it just says chemical, and it is something specific. Oh God. Uh, Agent Orange. Formaldehyde. Yikes. Okay, Eric. Good film. Yes, very good. After surgery restores her sight in the eye. Yeah. What protagonist, what is protagonist Mun able to foresee? Deaths. You got it, da. And this concludes. Horror edition. Trivial pursuit. Horror pursuit. And with that, we hope that you've made it this far in this podcast. Um, I think it's time, right? We just for what we've been watching. Let's do what we've been watching. Okay. Hit the music. Woman past woman walking past your apartment probably thinks we're nuts because we're just screaming. Uh the grindhouse releasing theme. What if she was like, Oh, I love those movies? That'd Damn. be sweet. And she lives next door to you, dog. She has a boyfriend. Oh. Yeah. Well, you didn't have to ruin this fantasy scenario we had going. This is your fantasy? You're like, what if for you? Did, like you're thinking about me at night. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> I think about you too, Eric. Because look, then you'd be sitting on your goddamn couch watching the fucking new release of Death Game. Yes. So, Eric. Yes. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. 
The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Should I go first or you go first on what we've been watching, Trivia Pursuit? Uh, you go first. Okay. So, um... I will rattle a couple things off real quick, just releases. We're just going to do one actual we've been watching. Wanted to mention that I got the Phenomena 4K. Phenomena. Phenomena. I got the Phenomena 4K from Synapse Films. Okay. And uh, How's it looking? Incredible. Like, absolutely incredible. Like, eye-popping good. Yes. I watched the Italian cut because there's like eight cuts on there. Wow. And it looks incredible. Jennifer Connelly is enigmatic in it. She's very good. Uh, here's my notes for Phenomena. Lay it on us. Weird as hell. Weird as hell. Dream logic nightmare. Monkey. Makes no sense. Gorgeous 4K. Extended, extended sequences of pretty shit. And, Literally. And Goblin score elevates the entire thing. <clears throat> so there you go. That's Phenomena 4K. It's so good. Um, Am I getting my Argento monkey films mixed up? Is that not? No, it's the monkey film. Okay. That has uh, Donald Pleasance as well. Correct. Very weird movie. Very weird plot. Like, I'm not quite sure what Donald Pleasance is doing, but Phenomena is cool. I don't love the film, but it's very pretty and I love the score. So that's the one where he's like a epidemiologist. Epidemiologist. I tried. I tried so hard to get that word out. I'm struggling too. So it's all right. Uh, so I'm kind of impressed that I remembered what I was trying to say. <laughs> Me too. I'm, I'm impressed that I was able to get out what it was. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Phenomena 4K, cool. Uh, another 4K I got was Alligator. Oh, yeah. I loved Alligator, G. Yeah, it was re- way better than it had uh, any right to be. Uh, R.I.P. <clears throat> Help me with him. Oh, Robert Forrester? Robert Forrester. Yes. Yep. He was great in uh, Twin Peaks. He's great in everything. Yes. Uh, so my actual, what I've been watching, which I'm sure you either saw, didn't see, or saw and think I'm crazy because of how much I liked it. Okay. And this was Riley Stern's Duel. Okay. Loved this movie. Um, Duel is, uh, I guess since it's not my actual, what I've been watching, I will explain it very quickly. Duel is a movie about, uh, have you, did you see it? I've not seen Duel. Where did you watch it? You, AMZ Plus or at the theater? Uh, I just... VOD'd it. VOD'd it. Okay. I thought maybe it was one of your out-of-town draft house experiences. I wish. Uh, so Duel is, uh, stars Karen Gillan as a person. And Aaron Paul. Yep. As a person that is uh, diagnosed with uh, a life, I'm trying to think of what you call it. Tumor. Yeah. So it's going to kill her. Terminal illness. Ter- thank you, Eric. Jesus. Uh, she's diagnosed with a terminal illness and she is told she has very few months to live and it's 100% certain she's going to die. But in this world, you can create this clone of yourself, and then before you die, you can teach it how you act because it's not you. Mm. It's a clone of you. It just looks like you. And you can teach this clone how you act and what you do and assim- like assimilate them into your family life or your husband mm. or whatever in her case. And uh, then you can die, and they can still live with you but not you. Gotcha. So, of course, this brings up questions of, like, who are you? What are we? Right? But ultimately, this film has, like, this sort of weird, irreverent, like, tone and style. And I think it's best summed up. It's in the trailer with this scene where the doctor's telling 
Karen Gillan, like you're most certainly going to die. Some things aren't certain, but this most certainly is true. You are going to die. What is the crux? It's in the trailer, so I'm going to reveal something about Duel. It's revealed that... She doesn't want to go or something? It's revealed that her terminal illness... So she clones the, She has this clone. She's teaching right. it. She's going to die. She goes back to the doctor, gets called in, and she is told that she is no longer going to die. Mm. So now she has this clone that she's been teaching that is going to... Uh, that now is just living in the world, but it's another... It's basically two of her. her. And so she's explained that there's this process that you, you fight to the death uh, with, with your, your clone, clone and whoever wins gets to stay alive. Mm. And obviously it's like a is high... Is that funny? I mean, in the film, is it presented yes. funny? And uh, when she's explained it to her, she's like, I have to like fight because her character is very like low key. Mm. I have to fight my clone? She's like, yeah, well, you know, if you want to live, yeah. And then she looks at Karen Gillan and says, do you want to live? And Karen Gillan has this puzzled face and says, yes. <laughs> and to me, that sums up dual because it's a, it's like, it has this, it's about humanity, the human condition, wanting to be alive. You know, the, the, the sort of downtrodden idea that we all go through of like, what are we doing? Um, and yeah, it's, it has like that crazy high concept, but it's not really about that. It's more about like dealing with yourself. And I loved Duel so much. It reminded me of other small sci-fi movies like uh, Primer, uh, Safety Not Guaranteed. It reminded me of Upstream Color, Under the Skin, um, even Denny Villeneuve's Enemy. And I love all those films. And I feel like we used to get a lot of these and we don't anymore. So yeah, check out Duel. I loved it. It's going to make my top 10. Is Aaron Paul the husband in the film? Aaron Paul is a self-defense teacher in the film that she recruits to help her uh, learn how to fight the clone. Um, so I don't know that the director's name. Yes. Out. Riley Stearns. He made faults. I was Thank you, say, Eric. Because I wanted to say I loved faults. Isn't he the same guy that made the art of self-defense? Yes. Uh, I remember really liking that. So I never did see art of self-defense. And I, now I really want to because I love faults and I love this movie. I remember thinking the art of self-defense is like super feel bad, but I also like really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I think Duel is kind of feel bad too. Mm. <laughs> uh, what a surprise that I liked it. But um, I think the problem- I just want happy shit, duh. Really? Yeah. See, I, I like mean-spirited, downtrodden shit. But um, I think what I didn't see art of self-defense because I don't believe it's a, there's a sci-fi premise. No. Uh, Faults has like a genre- premise gotcha. and it's uh mary elizabeth winstead and uh duel has like a sci-fi element right uh so i think that's what attracted me to these and i never did see uh artist self-defense but mm. you should yeah i want to now especially after this so that is my one what i've been watching duel is amazing it's gonna make my top 10 i love it i'm guessing most people won't care as much about it as i did i don't know it just connected to me like really well like i just like when it ended, I was like, wow, I never looked at my phone. I never thought about anything in it. What motivated you to watch it? Except the movie. Uh, the director mm. and Karen Gillan, to be honest. Gotcha. Um, I really like Faults and I thought it was a good premise. Uh, so yeah, watch Duel. You probably, like, again, I don't want to like oversell it because I feel like people aren't going to love it because it has a very like almost Wes Anderson tone. Mm -hmm. So if you don't like like shit like that, 
you're really not going to like Duel. But I loved it. Yeah, that simple line of, do you want to live? Yes? Like with a question mark? It's good stuff. So anyways, Duel. Eric, Duel, what is your one? Uh, last night, my mom suggested that we watch John Borman's 1972 film, Deliverance. Oh my gosh, with is- your mom. And this is a film that I have never seen before. I have never seen it either, but I that is not a film I would watch with my parents. And you know what? I felt like I had so many misconceptions about this film because of pop culture. There's been so many jokes, you know, about deliverance. Yes. And uh I you know, I feel like that was a time period when there was like <laughs> adult films like made for adults, if that makes any yes. sense, you know, like this was like we kind of, kind of the Silence of the Lambs era, I think. Well, I mean, Silence of the Lambs was 90s, no? Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, we they used to make thrillers for adults, and they don't anymore. Right. Yeah, exactly. I don't think we get this type of filmmaking anymore. Uh, it's about these four friends. Uh, three of them have, you know, like, business jobs. You know, they have families. They're married. They have kids. Um, this is Burt Reynolds, uh, John Voight. Ned Beatty and Ronnie Cox, which I was really excited to see. He's Colonel Cochran in Halloween three oh, cool. and Dick Jones in RoboCop. Um, so that was fun to see him in another role. Um, they decide they are going to go deep into this Georgia forest and they're going to go canoeing. And so Burt Reynolds is like the tough macho outdoorsy guy. You know, I hunt with a bow and arrow and the other three guys are like, can we just go play golf? Um, so they're going to go and they're going to fucking canoe down these fucking like river rapids, you know, where it's fucking dangerous. You know, you think you would need some type of experience in doing this, but they're, these guys are just going to go out there and fucking get it. Um, they get so far into the woods, uh, they run into some people out there that threaten them both physically and sexually. Uh, I will stop there if you have not seen Deliverance. And the entire time, and it's it's a very horror premise. Yeah, to definitely. Be, to be confronted by these people in this like scary i have no idea where you are forest but you know it's not labeled as a horror film it's it's kind of not presented as a horror film but while i'm watching this the entire time i'm thinking cannibal holocaust uh because of the forest and the hills have eyes because of the people that are in the woods uh with them i actually thought of while you were talking <clears throat> when your description reminds me of uh, the ritual, uh, Bruck, David Bruckner's The Ritual. Right. Because those guys kind of go out and they're not really outdoorsy, but they're like trying to go outdoors. Mm-hmm. And then they encounter like these horrible things. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, Which probably is somehow referencing uh, Deliverance. Right. But yeah. So, so it's definitely like a, a survival film uh, that I feel like definitely, uh, you know, there's a reason why it has the reputation that it does. Cool. I liked it a bunch. And how was watching it with your mom? Well, it was her suggestion. And what made her tell you to like? What I, was I, I her reason? I wish I could reason? remember. We were just like discussing film one night, and she was like, "Oh, have you seen Deliverance?" And I was like, "No, I've never." So she was like, "Cue it up." And your, so we did. Your relationship with your mom watching these films is really cool. Just so you know. Oh, well, thank That's you. Pretty sweet, Eric. So Deliverance was your review. Yes, that was my uh, what I've been watching recently. Just wow. last night. Cool. Yep. Uh, I've never seen it. You know, it's like one of those random movies where you're like, how the fuck have you not seen Deliverance? And I, right. just, I never have. Right, right. And, and, uh, and I know I already said this, but like, I thought I had an idea of what Deliverance was, but I was fucking wrong. See, I, I feel like I do, and I'm probably wrong. Right. Yeah. Well, cool. 
Uh, so now we're going to re- review our four recent big, big horror films. Yeah, and, and again, we might do big, re- long reviews for these. We might do short ones. We don't know. We could be talking about the size of our penises. I don't know either. Well, that wouldn't take long, <laughs> Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eric. Okay, so uh, you want to do? What do you want to do first? I X? guess let's do Black Phone because yeah. it's the most recent. Okay, and perfect. Maybe this is what's uh, you know at the top of the horror world right now. Eric, huh? you is could- this two weeks old? Maybe now by this point. Yes. Okay. You do. You go first for Black Phone. Okay. Black Phone uh, is uh, the new uh, Scott Derrickson joint. Yes. Uh, Ethan Hawke, and this is set in the 70s, uh, Ethan Hawke kidnaps and kills children. Uh, The film follows uh, the latest kid to be kidnapped. Um, Ethan Hawke keeps him in a cellar where there is a disconnected Black Phone. Uh, The child receives calls from the ghosts of kids that have been murdered in an effort to uh, help him escape. What I liked about the film was like, it's very straightforward. Like that's the film. There's nothing underlying underneath that. And it really goes for it with the violets, duh. Yeah. I, I, well, I hesitate because that was actually my criticism. So I'm sort of surprised to hear you say that. Um, that it was just straightforward for Edoc? Well, no, it, I didn't feel like, I felt like I was sold, uh, this like violent movie mm. and I don't feel like, and I, you just said it was, I don't feel like it was violent. That's that's very interesting you say that to me because I feel like you I and I have different definition of violence. And I guess my idea of violence is like blood and gore. But I feel like for you, and you stop me if I'm wrong, it's like the actions depicted. No, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not so much just the gore. I thought it was going to be like tense and mean-spirited at times with like some of the marketing and the way Ethan Hawke looks. And I feel like I, I, hate, I, I, I hate to be the, the – I liked it. I liked the black phone quite a bit. Okay, so I guess I'm going to get specific. Yeah. I'm not we even just, talking we'll about sh- Ethan Hawke's character. We learned that the main children yes. are physically abused at home. And there's a scene where... Uh, it's like the, the worst scene of the year. The child, uh, A child is being hit by a belt. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. During uh, that. There, there were several oh shit moments, I yeah. thought. That I was like, holy shit. There, there's a part where uh, uh, one kid gets jumped by three kids. And I was like, this is kind of fucked up. Yeah. No, I, I, I think those are good. I guess it was more so like, okay, so uh, Ethan Hawke's character's name is The Grabber. Right. And I expected, and look, it sounds horrible for me to say I wanted this child uh, person to to hurt children. I'm not asking for that, but I kind of thought I was going to be more fucked up than it was. So uh, on that note, I thought that was kind of a stylish choice. We see the grabber approach the kids, but then it fades to black. Yeah, we don't actually. But I, I we I, don't actually see him take the kids. I kind of thought that was neat. I guess I was expecting more stuff with him in the basement, and I feel like ultimately he goes down there, speaks, and then walks away. Like right, that's the whole film. So I was sort of frustrated by that. But again, I know it sounds horrible to be like asking for like this this uh, basically child abuse. <laughs> but the film, I just felt like. I felt like it was a lot more tame than I expected, but yes, I thought those like so, there were some scenes that were like visceral, but I don't know. Ultimately, I just felt like it was kind of what you said, like there's not more going on, right? And I feel like the film tries to like imply that there's this bigger thing that's going to happen, and I feel like we can't spoil the ending. But I felt like the ending, was, I I thought it was like a whimper. I thought, eh, mm. okay. Like I didn't. Oh, that's what's going on. They, like I literally thought. Oh, 
All right. And then it literally the credits hit and I just walked out. I was like, whatever. Like uh, that was it. I agree that they try to throw something over your eyes, but it's like not exciting. No. And here's, here's what I think happened with the black phone for me. Um, and I wasn't sure it was, but I found out it was, I was like, I'm, I'm guessing this was a short story it by is, Joe yeah. Hill. And I, they tried to expand it into a, a movie and that's exactly what it feels like. Like, but again, it sucks because I liked it. Yeah. Like I did like it quite a bit, but I probably will never watch it again. Really? But it was good. Damn. But I also haven't liked Scott Derrickson's films. Interesting. I don't care about Sinister like everyone else does. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, Exorcism of Emily Rose is good, is good. But, um, he also made a movie no one talks about. I think it was called like Deliver- Dr. Strange. No, it was called like <laughs> Deliver Us from Evil or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, Eric Bana. And it's awful. I saw that at the drive in. Yeah, that movie is terrible. It has, I don't fucking remember it. Um, it has that funny guy in it with uh, fuck, I can't remember his name. The funny guy, uh, Joe McHale. Joe McHale's Joel Deliver McHale? Us from Evil. Yeah. yeah, from Community. Yes, he is in it. Oh, He's his I feel like I'm gonna partner. love it a second time around. It's awful. I'm going to try it out, Doc. So I'll I, report back next school squad. It's weird because like every time people, and I'm not shitting on Scott Derrickson, this is a very well-directed movie, and it's good. I, I just, it didn't vibe with me, and so is Sinister. But um, it's just funny because when people bring up Scott Derrickson, I'm like, what about that other movie he made? There was this, there was a huge hype for it, and then it just like, everyone I, hated I, it. I don't remember it. I mean, I have seen it. Um, well, that's interesting, Doc. I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I look forward to watching it again. One more thing that I did like about the black phone was, and I'm afraid I don't know the actor's name. Uh, in the film, you learn that the grabber has a brother, and he's kind of this silly uh, character. Weird tonal shift, yes. I agree, but I enjoyed it. But he's also the dude that was the silly sheriff in Sinister, as well as Eddie in uh, It Chapter 2. Yes. So I feel like that guy's like the unsung, silly horror movie character actor. Yeah. It was I like that. Some of the script stuff where like, suddenly there's the bro- there's a brother yeah and spoiler like, sorry yeah which i don't think spoils a lot because we're not saying what happens or where he's at or anything like that but like suddenly there's a brother and it's like i thought that was fun we've watched the movie for an hour and an hour and 15 minutes and there's a brother i thought that was fun because it it adds kind of a conundrum to the grabber's relationship of what he's trying to do it totally does but i think it should have been introduced earlier, earlier. Because it just sort of happens. I so thought it quickly. was kind of an oh shit moment. Because yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I guess I don't want to say anymore because it's a bit of a spoiler. But then when you found out like he's doing this and he's sure. got a brother, like oh shit. Yeah, I mean, I guess I just was expecting more, and and maybe it's more my issue that like it was my expectations were just different. So that's why I do again want to very clearly say the black phone I thought was really well made and good. I just didn't vibe with it, uh, but I liked it. And then, and then just one more positive thing for me, uh, I'm a sucker for stories about friendship. And so, uh, we've got the main kid, his name is Finn. Uh, his best friend is killed by the grabber. So I thought that was kind of sad. Yeah. And then whenever the best friend like ghost is like talking to him, I was like, I'm going to fucking cry right now. Yeah. Yeah. I I was like super into like the friendship stuff. I liked the relationship between him and his uh, sister I the sister like was great. Sister was like, she's the best part of the whole movie, a yeah. little girl. But I just like, I liked, I, I did like those elements. I mean, it was good. I guess I just, so <laughs> it's not that I thought it was bad. My literal thought when I walked out was, oh, all right. Like that was it. And then I left. Like hmm. I haven't thought about it since at all. Uh, let's say 
Oh, no, I guess never mind. You said you liked it. I did. Yeah. Um, I did. But I haven't, yeah, I don't know. I don't vibe with Scott Derrickson's horror movies, I guess. I'm finding this out. If if I had to nitpick the film, the best friend is supposed to be Mexican. And the way they portray him as Mexican was real fucking dumb. It's a bit odd. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought that was odd. And that was real dumb. Some of the kids are really good um, acting wise Mm -hmm. and some of them aren't. Mm. Um, But yeah, that little girl. And then also the main character, they were both really, really good. Yeah. Um, But some of the other kids aren't. I I liked it a bunch. Yeah. I liked it. I love Ethan Hawke. I could see that being number 10, but we'll see at the end of the year. Off the top of my head. I don't believe it'll make my list. Okay. But I did think it was good. I still haven't seen The Sadness, so I don't know. I need to see that. Uh, Shane saw. Shout out to him. He was like, you you have to see The Sadness because it's so mean-spirited. So I need to check it out for sure. Uh, and then eight months from now when we do our next episode. Like, I finally watched The Sadness. No, I, I still haven't watched <laughs> The Sadness. <laughs> uh, okay. So okay, that so was the Black Phone. Black I phone. liked it. Keegan's lukewarm. Yeah. Uh, I got notes for it. You want to hear him? Do I have a choice? Thought it would amount to more scares and surprises. Sort of guessed the ending. Enjoyed it, but didn't surprise me in any way. That's the black phone. Okay. But I'm glad you liked it, Doc. And going, again, you're going two and a half on Letterboxd? You probably. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. again, I thought it was good. It's well It's well directed. I mean, it's not bad at all. Uh, I read an interview with uh, Derrickson, Cargill, and Hill, and they're talking about how do you portray nostalgia? in films and they're talking about uh and and, you know this film is set in the 70s so one thing they bring up is season two of stranger things where uh they all dress up as the ghostbusters and you know as us the audience like that's fucking cool right but they're discussing how in real life they didn't have the money or the means yeah to make screen uh replica ghostbuster costumes so i thought that was fun yeah, we would literally put on like a mustache and then like be be like Captain Kirk or some shit. Right. Like it, yeah. I never had cool costumes. Shout out to my mom though. She does listen to our podcast sometimes. Does she? Uh-oh. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, mom. Uh, so anyways, that was the black phone. Correct. Uh, Eric, what do you want to do next? Uh, most recent from that was men. Yes. Then let's do men. Okay, Eric, you do men. <sighs> well, first of all, I'm a man. Are you? I'm 40. <laughs> I'm a man. Go ahead. Uh, uh, men, I thought. Alex Garland's men. I thought, okay, you're talking about not being surprised in the black phone. I sure. hope you were surprised with men because I certainly was. Definitely. Uh, it's about a woman whose husband has recently committed suicide. Jesse Buckley. Um, the questions on the husband's motivation, the film tries to answer. I guess we're told, okay, maybe he killed himself for this reason. Maybe he didn't kill himself, which right. I thought was uh, a fun extra layer to the character. Um, so after her husband has committed suicide, she rents um, this house in this small, I guess it's an English village. Yeah. almost looks like it's uh, isolated. Yes. There is a town nearby, but there's not much. Um, and I guess simply to, to, to describe the rest of the film, she starts getting harassed by men. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean... Alex Garland's men, everyone, I feel, I feel a bit of pressure and it's funny because like we don't have that many listeners, but I still want to do the podcast to the best of my ability. And so I'm almost like nervous to talk about it because I'm the Alex Garland guy. I love everything he's made. Mm -hmm. Um, and this movie is sort of insane. Um, and it's also like, it's a big deal to me. I was very, very excited to see men and 
I will say when I originally saw it, I thought, okay, well, it's not Annihilation. It's not, it's not, it's not even devs, the show devs on Hulu, which he also made. Um, but it's good. It's cool. I thought it was really cool. I was happy that it was a horror film. Yes. But okay. But in the like month since I saw it, I can't get some of it out of my head. Like, I think it is nightmare fuel, crazy, like insane. And I know I'm just saying adjectives, but like I've thought about some of the shots in it a lot. And so I cannot wait to rewatch men. Like I, I, (laughs) I think I like it way more than I did. And I've only seen it once. Like the more I think about it, the more I like it. So I'm dying to rewatch it. Um, what did you think? I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to hear what you thought, because again, this isn't a film where you're like, fuck yeah, that was awesome. Like it's crazy. Right. Uh, And then it's over. (laughs) Well, what was exciting for me is, uh, when the film starts playing its hand. Yes. I was like, what's happening? Like it definitely like pulled me in. Like I was definitely on board for, um, what was going on? You know, I I was there for the ride. Yeah. Um, do I think it explained itself? No, no, I don't. But, uh, Not at all. But I feel talk, like that's the film. Talk about fucking viscera, viscera and violence. Like there is a few oh, shit. sequences in this that like give like give me the heebie-jeebies just thinking about what is happening in this horribly violent way. There's some good body horror. Yes, and again, you know, just how this is shot better than like probably every movie this year except for The Northman and. I'll even say Top Gun Maverick, which I know are very different films, but that is shot so well. Um, this is a gorgeous fucking movie. And for that alone, I would have like loved it. Mm. But then it gets crazy. And again, just like you said, definitely does not explain itself. Like even visually, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I say that is like my favorite film of Alex Garland's and my favorite film of that year was Annihilation. And while that film doesn't explain itself in words, I think it fully explains itself visually. Like it's it's it, it's it, this extended sequence of insanity mm. with no dialogue. But th- I'm talking about the ending of Annihilation. But it is showing you what it is. Like right. it's pretty clear what's happening at least. And then you can formulate what you thought was happening after that. Like an ambiguous ending. This is like ambiguous, ambiguous, ambiguous. Mm. Like. I still don't really know what that ending is of men. <laughs> so we get out of the theater. I'd love to hear this. And Dana, and so we're like discussing it. It's uh, I, I saw it in uh, El Paso at that Cinemark on Montana. I saw it in El Paso as well at uh, the uh, Bassett uh, premiere. Okay. And one of the best projected, normally projected movies I've ever seen. So shout out to them because this was not IMAX. It was not a big screen. It was not a premium format. Still look good. Very pretty, very loud. That, I, I really like that theater that I've been to. Uh, so it was nice to see, uh, you know, the, a film I was excited about in a nice theater as a, as opposed to, you know, holes in the screen at uh, Carlsbad. Yeah, and shit all over the fucking screen. Go ahead. Right. Um, so so it's, it's me, Dana, Andrew, and Melissa, and we're discussing the film afterwards. What did they think? Well, here's the thing. Uh, me, Andrew, and Melissa were just like, yeah, you know, we're we're proposing our ideas, but none of but none of them are concrete. You know, I, I guess a good film creates discussion, and that's what Min does, yeah, for sure. Meanwhile, Dana has his arms crossed, and he's like, I get it. So according to Dana, it's a clear cut, wrapped up in a bow film that he understands, but the three of us, we're just fucking idiots. Well, I would love to ask you what he thought, but it would be spoiler territory. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, let me just say, like, I get it. I'm not saying it's completely unclear, but it is not clear in the same way like most ambiguous endings are where you sort of formulate further, where this is literally this extended crazy sequence and then it just ends and you're like, what? But I do get it. I mean, obviously the film is titled Men, so that's pretty clear. Oh, okay. Um, And I understand what the film is saying okay, this but in terms of its visual um the things that are happening in that final scene which we can both see in our heads we know exactly what i'm talking about uh-huh. that specifically you, nobody knows what that is like that is not explained like that's and it's on purpose it's it's almost a poetry it's almost like you know what i'm saying i do so e-dog being e-dog i wanted something more clear cut sure. Yes. And uh, I don't think this is a spoiler at all, but there's moments when the character is looking up at the sky. And I was like, tell me this is an alien and this will be my number one film of the year. But you don't get that at all. Right. You do not get I mean, no. It, it, this movie is the farthest thing from anything that clear cut. Tell me this is the thing part two. And yes, okay. There is a final second in the, um, in the ending that I felt like told me more, but also made me ask more questions. Mm. Um, and I, I guess we have to stop at some point because there's no right. way to talk about this ending and maybe someday we'll talk about it later, but, um, maybe someday we'll do a spoiler minute. So yeah. What do you think, guys? But you know, it was cool. And I'll tell you a quick story about seeing men. Please do. So I saw it at the El Paso, uh, Bassett place mall by yourself. Yes. What did you call Bassett that one day? I called it the Baskin place. <laughs> Baskin Mall, uh, Bassett, and uh, th- this is the theater that we go to for IMAX. But I very rarely see any movie outside of IMAX in this theater. So I go in. I'm by myself. I'm there to see some baseball games with some buddies, uh, Keith and Joe. Shout out. Uh, but they weren't going to be in town just yet for the baseball game. So I went by myself to see this movie. I sit down. Um, four, five other people walk in, other than me. Uh, a girl by herself sits behind me, which I'll I'll explain more later. And then a group of older, not old, but older people, maybe like 40, go up and sit towards the back of the theater. And the film starts. Everyone walked out of men before it ended. Nice. Except me and the girl behind me. And it was funny. So I have a quick. So first of all, everybody walked out of the movie, uh, which I thought was very crazy. Um, why would you ever see men and walk out of it? Like, what What did you think? Were you thinking you were going to go see, like, The Conjuring? Like, obviously, it's a very weird sci-fi, possible sci-fi movie. It's I'm not saying it is. Weird movie, right? Like, is was men marketed as, like, not what it was? True. So, it was kind of funny. I love people walking out. I feel like it happens more and more these days. Um, so, everyone walks out. Uh, I sit and finish the movie alone with this girl sitting behind me. And it was funny because as it ended, I thought I'm, I should say something to her because how weird it is. I'm just sitting in this theater. She's by herself too. With a man. Yes. Excuse me. But not let, a man. No, yeah. No, well, let me get to that. Okay. By herself behind me. And I, I was like, why is this girl? Hang on. Let me get to the punchline. Okay. Sitting here alone, seeing men like, I, you know, it's like, Maybe I should say something to her. Like I'm kind of kidding. Obviously, I wouldn't. But that may- could that could come off as creepy. Well, then that's what I'm getting to. Okay. 
And then I remembered we were literally watching a film about men accosting women. Right. And exactly. I, I never turned around. I stood up like, like a, almost like a Lego, <laughs> uh, like, you know, minifigures, how they have their arms down. Right. And they like, I just shuffled out, never turned around and walked out the theater. Cause I was like, we literally just sat through a movie about men accosting women. So I just left, never saw her or spoke to her. So she might not have even been real. She could have just been a sex doll sitting behind you the yes. entire time now. Yes, which would have been better. Yes. So anyways, that's my men's story. I thought that was funny because I was like, I'm literally watching a movie about men accosting women, so I think I should just leave. Yes. You, you um, made the right choice. Yes. And also, that was just an excuse for me not... I was never going to talk to her anyway right. because I, I wouldn't. So it was like I felt better about it. I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> so I left. Right. Um, so anyways, that was Alex Garland's men. Um, I loved it. Like, obviously it wasn't like when I saw Annihilation, I was like, this is one of the, my favorite movies of all time. Like when I walked out of it, when I saw men, I was like, Whoa, like, you know, that, that's how I felt about it. So, uh, I'm not saying it hit differently. Yeah, absolutely. But the more I think about it, like even talking to you about it, I'm like, fuck, I want to see it again because it's, it's sick. Uh, it's definitely a movie made for me, but also I have no idea what's happening. Alex Garland's men. No 4K, fucking assholes. Yeah, they're gonna put it out on Blu-ray. So I think I'm. Gonna, you know what I'm gonna do for the first time ever, Eric? You're gonna buy a Blu-ray disc. No, I'm just gonna buy the digital 4K uh-huh. because it's in 4K digitally, but not. There's no disc. Gotcha. So I don't want to buy the Blu-ray when I could just like I bought the Blu-ray of the Nighthouse, but it's in 4K on streaming. Mm. Anyways, these are. My thoughts. These are Kiki's qualms. <laughs> yes. These these are very serious issues that I have. Correct. So, Eric. Yes. Anything else on men? Uh, Anyone walk out of your screening? No. It, it was it was just the four of us and like another couple, but everyone stayed. Nice. And you didn't accost anybody on your way out? Uh, well, you have to ask Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, get, we'll get that from her later. Yeah. Okay. So, Alex Garland's men. We have next what? We have two left. Uh, okay, we've got the Northman and what's this? What's the X. other one? X. Uh, oh, let's do X. Okay, Eric, do X. Uh, X is uh, Ty West. Super exciting. X. Yes, Ty West is the new slasher joint from uh, Ty West. Uh, this is set in the late 70s. Uh, a group of uh, young adults are going to make a adult film. Uh, they rent out a um, like farmhouse. Farmhouse. There's some farmland that an old, old, old couple owns. Yes. And whenever they discover what they're doing in their farmhouse, they're none too pleased. Yes. Uh, this was so fucking good. Uh, I mean, aside from it just being like a slasher film, but I guess like what the kids are, what they're doing, uh, the killer's motivation, uh, all of it is just so goddamn good. Yeah, I, I loved it. I for whatever reason it didn't it didn't hit like me absolutely perfectly, okay. but I love I thought it, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really want to see it again. I've only seen X once. I've seen, I've seen it twice. Okay, so I, I I just know the second time I see it, I'm gonna like think it's the best movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't seen it. I've only seen it once, and yeah, I I absolutely loved it. Um, just the audacity of Ty West to like do some of what he did in X. Um, just like obviously some of the ending stuff and like the act that the actor playing, you know, roles and you guys know what I'm talking about. If you've seen X, um, crazy, 
Uh, I love seeing Jenna Ortega here. Uh, Jenna Ortega is really good. Yeah, awesome. She's uh, kind of a little. Uh, she's turning into like a scream queen herself, huh? For sure. I can't wait for the next scream. Scream. I, she was in uh, Studio Six Six Six. Your yes. number one film of the year. Yes. Oh, should we address that? Right after our podcast came out, uh, their drummer is it their drummer? Yeah. Uh, he passed away, and that was that's super sad. But it sucked because, I mean, it was just. I don't want to say it's funny, but obviously you guys know what I mean. It was funny that our episode came out and I just ripped Studio 666. And then their drummer passed away and I felt horrible. I was like, fuck. Like, we had just recorded that. Um, so anyways, uh, rip to him. R.I.P., yes. yes. <laughs> um, so what I think is awesome is uh, I'm the only person in the world who liked the new TCM. And then a month later, we got another TCM. In the name of Ty West's X. Yes. I think that's like one of the best ways to describe this film is it's a great uh, Texas Chainsaw-y film. Another film that those assholes didn't do a 4K of. You're, oh, that's right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just uh, the audacity of someone what he was doing and uh, how like sexual it is, right? Because mm-hmm. they're making a porn. So like... Uh, I feel it's very sex positive. Though. Very, very. And it's uncommon to see like that much nudity now. Um, so that was cool. And uh, yeah, Viscera. I mean, really, really, really dope violence in this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, because it's Ty West, it's shot beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just super exciting to see, you know, this filmmaker that we've obviously been in love with since uh, uh, the House of the Devil. House of the Devil? Yes. House uh, of the Devil? Well, all of a sudden I was like, is that the fucking title? Or uh, is it? House of the Devil and the Innkeepers. Yeah, the innkeepers. I rewatched the Innkeepers. It's so good because uh, I was motivated to revisit. We it should because do a Ty West episode. We should. And da, I watched it at night by myself. I'm a big baby. I live alone. The Innkeepers is fucking scary. Did that ending play for you better? Uh, Again, as as a weird ending. Uh, it is a little weird, but yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Um, there's a moment where Sarah just, Paxton's character is in bed, and then I'm forgetting the ghost's name. The ghost is in bed too, and it like sits up, and it's like under the sheet, and then the sheet comes off. I was like, "Oh god, I'm gonna turn this off." Yes, the Inky is amazing. Yes. Uh, Pat Healy, right? And Pat Healy and and Sarah Paxton, so yes. good. Uh, but yeah, X. I mean, um, I feel weird about it because why do you feel weird? Well, I don't know. What, what's it, to what's to not like about I just, X? Nothing. You nothing. got titties. I, I, nothing. You I got need violence. to see it again. You got animal violence. Yes. I just need to see it again. Oh. Well, but I loved it. It's so good, though. Yeah. I don't know if you care enough, but I could give you my voodoo login information and you could watch it that way. Mm. Just, mm. Mm. Fuck mm. you. Fuck you, voodoo. Go to hell. <laughs> Fuck you, duh. Okay. No, uh, so that was X. I, I feel like I may have liked X more than, than you did. I feel like you did, too. But um, again, I Here. just it just didn't. There's nothing bad about it whatsoever. I love it. I just want to watch it again. Basically, this is my fault for not having seen it twice. Uh, I went to a 9 p.m. showing of X on a work night and stayed awake. Nice. So that's how good X is, duh. Nice. <laughs> yep. Okay, um, so Northman. Yeah, Northman. Uh, this is one, obviously, I liked. I'd love uh, to hear your thoughts Robert on it. Robert Eggers. You know that I loved it. Uh, I'm fucking deaf. So I'm confident oh, okay. if I see this film again with English captions, it's gonna like play super well. Well, you know that like for I for me, I 
This is like a running theme with Kigi. You're anti-captions. I'm like anti-hearing what people are saying in films oh. because I'm I come from the Chris Nolan uh, school, which is fuck it. There, um, there, it doesn't really matter. They're like, like growling or something in a cave, and I was like, ha, who? Yes. Half a- is anybody <laughs> listening to me? Hello. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I under I think I'm, I'm confident in saying I understood the film. Sure. Uh, I liked it a bunch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was I not mean, what I was expecting from Robert Eggers. And forgive me for being this guy, but I would have preferred just another Robert Eggers horror film. Me too. Uh, but yeah, I definitely still liked it. Yeah, I mean, it was just the craft and artistry of it that mm. it just it was just like it overwhelmed me almost when when I we saw it. Uh, I sat super close to the screen, like like you've like seen you us normally do. do. Yeah, you sitting that close in Thor tonight? Yes. Okay. In the same seats actually. Okay. Um, I'm a, I'm a back a little. Yeah. Well, usually are you guys sitting that that weird side seat with yeah. uh, with Dana? Shout out to Dana. <laughs> I think Dana. This is Eric's best friend. Second. I know. <laughs> I I said it that way on purpose. Um, I think Dana secretly listens to our podcast. So, anyways, uh, shout out to him. Oh, but, great. I just called him my second best friend. He's my first best friend. He's going to, I know, and he's going to have a big head now. Because yeah. um, it's so important who your friends are, Eric, and your this list. This is a MySpace top eight all over again. It is. So, I was just overwhelmed by it. Uh, and I don't know. I just, I love, like, just the amount of craft and artistry in The Northman was just on on such a high level that I, I just, it's, it's astounding. Um, and I talked, I tweeted, my tweet was mostly based around the sound design of it. Mm. And it's just crazy. I mean, the entire film is filled with, I call it a soundscape, uh, is filled with not only score, but also just like this insane, like propulsive sound. Um, and even though it, it kind of slows down, I never felt like the film was slow. And uh, it, it it sort of has like mythic storytelling. It's basically just Hamlet, right? We've kind of talked about right. Everybody knows that. Um, his name is like Hamlet or something. I don't even remember. But uh, it's, it's Hamlet. All, all it is is the Lion King. It's Hamlet. Um, but just the way he shoots it and how Alexander Skarsgård was really good. Alexander? Him. And then, you know, it has Anya Taylor-Joy. It has mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethan Hawke. Yes, Ethan Hawke. And yeah, it's just, I mean, I know I'm sort of like at a loss for words, but it's just mind blowing. Like I, I was, my mind was shattered by, by the Northman. Um, yeah. So I just absolutely loved it. I, you may have not, you may have seen that I haven't posted like the 4k or anything yet. And it's cause I pre-ordered the steelbook from, uh, the UK. Mm. Uh, the, there was only a UK steelbook and I pre-ordered it. So I think it comes out there at July 18th. So it'll be shipped here. But, um, yeah, I just fucking absolutely loved it. Definitely need to revisit. For um, I tweeted about it. It kind of reminded me most of Darren Aronofsky's Noah, which is another movie I really liked and people didn't, but I really liked that movie. Mm. So anyways, the North. I will avenge you, mother. Yes, I, I will avenge father. Okay, now that we've we've wrapped up those four films, I got a real dumb fucking story. Okay, I love it. Go ahead, okay. Eric. This will be a good because the next thing we're gonna do is our list. Okay, good. So Eric, go ahead. Okay, so so we're we're yep. sitting in the black phone. It's Melissa, Dana, and I, and this guy doesn't know who Ethan Hawke is, and this guy's like, "Who is that?" He's talking out loud to his friend or whoever that he's with, and he's like, "Johnny Depp," and the guy's like, "It's not Johnny Depp," and the friend's like, "It's Johnny Depp." This friend is one hundred percent sure 
certain that Ethan Hawke is Johnny Depp, the grabber. And this goes on for a good, I don't know, probably just 30 seconds to a minute, but it feels like forever because it's somebody talking uh, in theater. I wish I would have just like leaned over and been like, it's Ethan Hawke. That's amazing. You dumbass. You motherfucker. Yeah. So, yeah. Ethan Hawke just in a bunch of good shit this year, huh? Yeah. And so is his daughter. Yeah. My uh, heart. Did you watch that new Abel Fierro movie where that guy wants to blow up the Vatican and Ethan Hawke has to stop it? No. Me neither. Uh, Moving along. But First Reformed is really good. First Reformed is scary. You know, it's funny. We've gotten, I don't know how long we're into this podcast, maybe an hour and a half, and we have not said the words. And I, I Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it. Right. And we, I, fuck, I forgot in the opening of this podcast, we were supposed to address that, that I've seen it. Uh, I was the finale to season four. Really good. Really good. Really good. But uh, Eric has not seen it. You've seen none of season four. I've seen zilch. Zero. Nada. It was funny. None. Because uh, like Kenobi came out the same day. Uh-huh. And so it was just like this. I fucking, you tweeted about it. Like this content machine is getting uh, like paralyzing. All of the I all of the hype. Have you heard of this Paramount? I feel dumb starting this like this. Have you heard of this Paramount Plus show called Evil? Yeah. Yes. It was originally on CBS. Yeah. Uh, the hype train has gotten me, and I watched the first episode last night instead of Stranger Things. Yes. Uh, 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 as of as of as of this week, I'm caught up with uh, Miss Marvel, so I'm watching that. Oh God, The Boys is amazing this season. Season finale uh, tomorrow. Um, and you haven't watched Stranger Things. I've not watched okay, Stranger Things, but I've watched. I'm watching all this other shit. And then you watched Obi Wan. I'm assuming I did watch Obi Wan. Um, it, it's about this priest. Oh, he's not a priest. Uh, he works with the Catholic Church, and uh, he asked this woman who is a, she's a lapsed Catholic. Um, uh, she I know no, the feeling. She no longer is a believer. You learn that the Catholic Church has just like this huge backlog of um, cases right uh, is this miracle is this demonic possession and so they set out to investigate these uh, occurrences it's kind of twilight zone uh not twilight zone excuse me x files and it's like i guess it's like monster of the week yeah and that's uh, like each episode i i because i've heard a lot about evil as well mm. but i can't do monster of the week anymore i'm like i'm looking I forward to continuing well that's good yeah maybe you'll tell us about it a dog on the high train that was originally a, a CBS show, then CBS All Access, now Paramount, Paramount Plus. Plus. So, pair of hands, changing decks. Changing what? Decks. Okay. Uh, and that concludes everything but well, our list. Yeah. Let's our get into feature it. presentation. Yeah. So, now is it the grindhouse time? I think so. Oh, fuck. <laughs> You're right. I never even realized what you were trying to tell me, which was I was doing the wrong theme earlier. When the girl walked by? Yes. Oh, okay. Because it should have been, uh, let's, let's all, all go, go to the, the lobby. lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Well, maybe you could throw people curveballs this episode and swap musical cues. I don't think so. He, Kiki doesn't think so. So. He doesn't like that idea. Play the. All right. 
Okay, hello. We're in it. We're yes. in the thick of it. The Bustillo and Mori episode we've promised is now here. It's finally here, guys. These are uh, two of our favorite filmmakers of our current times. Yes. Yeah, I feel like anytime the, uh, any of these French filmmakers do anything. It's exciting. Like Aja or Vaja. No, I'm just <laughs> Or Daja. <laughs> or Daja. Or Naja. Um I, I don't like, know. You may have to cut that part. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Anyways, and we were spoiled last year where we got yeah. two fucking films of theirs. We got Candisha and fucking The Deep House. And one of them is, one of these things is not like the other. Uh, no. Uh, it was funny as I was re-watching Candisha at my mom's house just like by myself. Like I was in the front and room. Were you feeling, were you noticing how hot Candisha was? And uh, Aisha Candisha. I, I Aisha wonder if Candisha. that's a man at the end when it's like it full like... I'm, Monster. I'm guessing it is. Yeah, because she's no longer pretty at that point. Uh, and and I was I was purposely saying it dumb. My mom was like, "What are you watching?" And I was like, "Kandisha." <laughs> Alicia Kandisha. And she's like, "What?" Kandisha. And I was like, "Kandisha." And then my nephew walked in and he was like, "What are you watching?" And I was like, "Kandisha." So <laughs> <laughs> nobody got it. <laughs> Kalima. Okay. Um, no. So uh, obviously we've already explained who they are. So I don't yep. think we need to do that again. But yes, obviously, we very much like these filmmakers. And, any- and according to you, they're humble guys, huh? You hit them up on social media on the regs. Kiki and Julian are like best internet buds, right? Yeah. It, you know, it's funny. I sent him one message <laughs> and he replied to it is what Eric's getting at. But I was like, I almost sent him like, hey, could you record like a, this I'm is glad the you did squad, but style. I'm not going to do that because I think that's uh, kitschy. It's, yes. uh, it's, a, it's a bit uh, unprofessional. So I did not do that. But uh, my point is, anytime these guys, them or Aja or Pascal Laguiri, again, we don't know how to say any of their names. Xavier Jens? Yes, yes. Um, anytime they make any movies, we... Pierre LeBlanc? I made that one up. <laughs> it, can we say that? I was just trying to... <laughs> <laughs> is Pierre LeBlanc okay? I, I don't know. I just thought of a French name. Okay. Aja? <laughs> so, Naja! Okay, okay. We'll we apologize for the last uh, 10 minutes. Yes. Um, just ranting... The point is, we you obviously like jock uh, these French filmmakers, and so we're going to do more of that now. What's another country that we should be jocking? Uh, well, we do Italy a bit, right? Obviously, we like Fulci, and there's, um, there's no current Argento there is French. True, sure. There's current American directors. Indonesian horror was pretty cool there's for a minute. Current Indonesian, yeah, yeah. Who else? Um, Korean, yes. And um, I'm trying to think. That's probably it for That's now. That's probably it for now. Yeah. That's all we're thinking of, huh? But we do love our French filmmakers. We do all of our French filmmakers. And so we are going to now list our six. So these guys have six feature films. We're not counting ABC's Death. No. Since that was just a short of theirs. Remember when there was like hype around that and it was just like... Bleh. And then it was like two hours and ten minutes long? And it was just like annoying. And yeah. some of them were like well-produced and some of them you could tell the filmmakers didn't give a fuck about them. That was a rough era of Darn. anthology filmmaking. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if anthology ever has had a golden era. Correct me if I'm wrong. I would say around when VHS came out, it was pretty popping. Okay. Uh, and Southbound's amazing. Southbound's amazing. So, Eric. Yes? I think I'm supposed to go first. Yeah, you... I wanted you to go with, give your first two. <coughs> go six and five. Well, you're not going to like this. I'm so this is like our Bustillo and Mori episode. We're going to go from six to one. Correct. Like and, we normally do. Uh, we love these guys. And my number six is a film that is probably not going to make sense to you. Maybe I need to rewatch it again. Didn't connect with it. I've only seen it once. Um, it was extremely well made. Uh, 
the Deep House. Okay. Um, it's good. So, you know what's crazy now thinking about that? Every single one of their movies is good. Mm. So, I'm not saying the Deep House is bad in any way. The Deep House is obviously this underwater haunted house film. But uh, I feel like I just didn't connect to it. It was very well made, you know, a few cool scares. Um, but it, it's it's sort of a, it's just that premise alone. It's just, there's an underwater haunted house. And there's not really characters because you really can't do much underwater. So I just liked it. I didn't love it. And I wanted to love it. But I liked their other movie that came out last year a lot. So my number six is The Deep House. You have nothing? I was going to wait till it was my turn. It's your turn. Oh, you want me to do five? Yeah, because I, I... But you're I, not going to say anything? You're not even going to react to my <laughs> number six? Uh, I'll just wait till I get to Deep House. Okay. Well, I guess I'm doing my number five. Ooh, we're going through this bad boy. I know. So my number five from uh, Bustillo and Mori, Julianne Mori and Alexandra Bustillo. My number five is Among the Living. Okay. And so tell me why. This, this I'm interested in. Uh, because since I don't remember it. So it's the film I remember the least. You didn't rewatch? I did not rewatch. I guess you couldn't. But I remember it pretty well. And it's it's very um I was this is really good. Among the Living was really good. Um if I can remember exactly what it is, it's a it's sort of a kids on bikes throwback of they find these kids find this uh like old rundown uh like movie studio backlot, I believe. And, um, when they get to it, they are messing around and they, they, they find, they uncover that there's this, there's someone being, there's a girl being held against her will inside this, uh, backlot area by bad people. And so they, they try to help her. And by trying to help her, they get, uh, targeted themselves by these, uh, bad people that are holding this girl against her will. I remember a monstrous looking dude under a bed. Yes. Uh, he sort of looks like the, the, the main like villain like of Michael this. Berryman. Yes. I was going to say, uh, tiny in the devil's rejects. Okay. Right. Or uh, house with thousand corpses. And, um, yeah, I think this film has like big teeth. So I liked it for that. Um, it's mean spirited. It still feels like French filmmaking. Um, and so I like it. I like Among the Living. I'd like to watch it again. I wish it had like a US Blu-ray. I wish all the, like, it's crazy how much shit gets released. And I know there's rights issues with stuff like Livid. Um, but like, how fucking hard is it to get this shit released here? Like, it's crazy. So when I learned Among the Living wasn't on Shutter anymore, I, I took to eBay and there's a German blue. Yes. And I asked the seller, is there English captions or an English language track? Excuse me, it'd be subtitles. And uh, there's not. It was no. just French and German. So on blu-ray.com, blue-ray.com, uh, you can look at worldwide releases. This is how I find my like region-free stuff that I re- that you, I tell you about a lot. Okay. And I've looked a million times, and there's a bunch. that I think there's a um, Spanish Blu-ray of it as well, but none of them have English subtitles. Gotcha. So I yeah I would love a Blu-ray for Among the Living and it's and I understand it's obviously international rights and it's hard to do, um, but it's just crazy how much shit gets released on Blu-ray. Like there's fucking Vinegar Syndromes doing like movies that no one's ever heard of, right? And then we can't get you know Bustillo and Mori's Among the Living. So uh, that was my number five, Eric. 
Okay. Your number so, five. My number five. Forgive me for not having six. I promise I tried. Duh. Uh, well, not really. Yeah, not really. I did and yeah. I didn't. You know, I, there was the opportunity to watch it when it was still available on Shutter. I could have watched it then. But then when it finally came time to, oh, we're going to actually record, that's when I put forth the effort in. It was no longer available to E-Dog. My number five is The Deep House. Cool. Here's yeah, the, we're here's sort the of, thing, though. Yeah. I think The Deep House is really good, and I disagree with what you say about there not being characters. Uh, so The Deep House follows uh, this couple. The film says they like, uh, they're, they're YouTubers. Uh, the, the film says they like to, like the, the character Tina, she says they like to go explore ruins, but the film makes it seem like they like to go explore haunted areas. Because when the film starts, uh, they're in like some scary abandoned asylum in Russia. Is that right? Yes. So uh, I guess it's tomato, tomato. They like to go and explore scary things to put them on YouTube. Uh, the boyfriend, Ben, he wants this to be their living. Uh, you know, he thinks that they can do this and they can get enough views on YouTube that they can actually start getting, uh, paid. So they learn about this supposed, uh, haunted house that's underwater. So they go out to the area and it turns out it's this huge tourist attraction. There's people out there partying, there's people out there drinking, there's people out there boating. And so they're initially just super disappointed. And Ben meets this man named Pierre and he says, well, there's a part of the lake that, uh, is harder to get to it's and i'll take you there if you'll pay me so it turns out this is where that haunted house is and uh one thing that really surprised me was like i feel like in haunted house films like i guess the first thing that comes to mind is the conjuring there's scares and then there's a, a brief lapse yeah and then there's scares again whereas in the deep house once they get down there they're down there for the entire fucking film and there's no way they can get out because you quickly learn that they're trapped. You know, at first they're just uh, exploring the house, but when they've seen enough, when they get scared about what's going on, uh, when they try to leave, uh, all of a sudden it's it's boarded out. And there's a, a ticking clock the entire time because you learn they only have X amount of oxygen. Yes. And one of the ideas the film presents early on is Tina... Although she's been training and Tina, practicing. Tina's got telekinesis. Tina, Tina, Tina's got telekinesis, telekinesis. Okay, she does. It's a Jason song. Yeah, but not, this is not related to this. Yeah. yeah, two different Tinas. Don't get me over here singing the Jason's da. So uh, even though she's been training and trying, uh, she can't hold her breath for, for more than a minute. And there's a part early on in the film where the boyfriend kind of like scolds her for that. And she has to lie. She's like, no, it's actually three minutes. You know, so there's this ticking clock the entire time. They're running out of oxygen and so much scary shit is happening. Uh, you know, she's <gasps> hyperventilating. She's breathing hard. So she, so her oxygen is going even, even faster. So eventually they find the occupants uh, of the house and they're chained up. And um, I don't know how much I can say. Um, to me, they're terrifying. Yeah. Uh, I Again, I scare super easy. Uh, this being a haunted house, let's call them the ghosts of the house. Sure. There's like kind of chase moments uh, in the film where like the characters get split up and they have to hide because these scary ass fucking people in the house are coming after them. Eventually they find a room that they have not yet explored and, it, and, and it's a projector room and it explains like who these people are, what they've done and uh how the house has become underwater. I was like super into that. It looks like it's supposed to be some type of old, like grimy looking footage. Um, and then uh, I'm just kind of impressed on a technical level. 
how did they fucking shoot this? Uh, is this just a set they built at their fucking local like high school pool or something? You know, so are they I, really out there in a river? Do you know the answers yeah, to this? Were, so, were Maury and Bastille down there in scuba suits too, shooting with them? Like, so, I'm super interested in all this. Yeah, it, it's a it's a tank in a studio. They oh. built the uh, the set in a tank and then filled it with water, and then they sh- they did they were scuba diving they were and, genuinely underwater. Yes, underwater. But in a tank in a studio lot, it looks so good. It looks it looks like they're in a lake. I, I've seen the film twice now. See, I've only seen it once, and each time I'm just like, how did they, how did they pull this off? You know, okay. And then there's the ghost performers. Are these are these just motherfuckers holding their breath? It I makes, think so. It, this makes me think about the creature from the Black Lagoon. This guy's probably in this fucking rigid ass suit with probably fucking no mobility, breathability. He's underwater, just doing the fucking backstroke. It's insane. It's impressive. Yeah. yeah. So even though it's my number five, it's at the bottom of my list. I think it's a good film, both technically and I found more to it than, than you did. Yeah. I'd like to see it again. I mean, I know that's kind of been a running theme of this podcast, but I'd like to see it again um, because I've only seen it once and I just, I thought it was really cool. Yeah. But um, I, I still know. think that's like a cool idea. Like I've seen the film two times now and I'm like, that's the house. That's the haunted house underwater movie. Yeah. Big time. Like that's a neat ass idea. Uh, if, I haven't seen too many haunted house underwater films myself. If the, if dimension was still around, they would have bought the rights to it, never put it out and then done a remake of it. Now, let me ask you this. I, I, I thought of a question specifically for Keegan. Do you have a middle name? Ronald. I specifically thought of a question for Keegan Ronald Prezak while I was re-watching The Deep House for this episode. In my opinion, The Deep House is an aquatic horror film. Yeah. Agree or disagree? Oh uh, yeah, I agree. Okay. Is Jaws aquatic horror? Yeah. Or are shark shark movies their own subgenre or genre? I think it's both. I think it's both. It's aquatic horror, but I mean, yeah, shark movies, yeah, two subgenres, but they're yeah, it's both of them. Okay. It's aquatic horror, Definitely. a monster underwater. Gotcha. I mean, that's not a normal shark. Uh a hundred years ago, my brother had this small boat, and there's a man-made lake about five, ten miles from Carlsbad called Brantley Dam. And I forget if it was maybe my birthday, maybe his birthday, maybe it was my mom's birthday. For some reason, we're out there in this lake and we're we're on his boat and, you know, I've got a life jacket on and I'm just like chilling. We're like in the middle of the lake, right? Yeah. And And I'm just like chilling like in the water. I'm not swimming. I'm just like floating. And then I start like paranoiaing myself like, what if something's under this fucking water? Like I'm, I'm like getting scared. I have to get back into the boat. So I'm super into aquatic horror. Like, uh, Deep Rising. Yeah. The cruise liner with the monster. That movie's fucking tight. Yeah, I want to watch that. I want to get that Blu-ray. Yeah, Kino Lorber. Kino Lorber puts out some good shit. Dude, I have three Kubrick films. Uh, All from Kino? Uh, pre-ordered because they're doing three older Kubrick films in 4K. Oh, wow. So I was like, well, I have to get Kubrick 4K. So mm. um, the, the Killing, Killer's Kiss, and... God, it's a war movie. I can't I remember what it's called, one, but I'm drawing a blank. I cannot. It's not Spartacus or um, fuck. What is that movie? I was going to ask you. Is it the war one too? It is the war one, and it comes out I think in August. Um, and I've never never seen it. And I'm like, well, now is the perfect opportunity. It is. Oh my God! It's taking so long. Paths of Glory. Paths of Glory. And uh, they're putting out in 4K, and I'm like, well, fuck. Now is the time to finally see this fucking movie. Um, Yeah. 
So, Eric, so, you're number five. because Although at the bottom, I like the Deep House a lot. I'd like to see it again. It gets a little too shaky, Cam, Yeah, for me. Would you call this found footage? Yeah, well, yeah. it's both, right? Yeah, I guess the idea is, you know, they have GoPros, but then they also have a drone uh, that's following them. Yeah, right, yeah. It, it does get a little too shaky, Cam, for me, and I feel like that kind of knocks it uh, down a bit for me. But uh, ultimately... Um, it's some real Lovecraft meets James Cameron shit. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think it's really cool. It just, uh, I want to see it again. Mm. I mean, I'll just leave it at that. For it's me. on Paramount Plus where you could start season one of Evil. Yes, I am a paid spokesperson for CBS. And you, uh, Viacom, uh, Paramount. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay, so number four? Number four. So obviously we get into movies that like I think are really fucking good. And number four for me was Candisha. What's your number four, Eric? I think I just fucked up my list. Uh-oh. We'll leave this in. So what happened? Tell us what happened, Eric. Deep House was my, <laughs> Deep House was my fourth film. God okay. damn it. Well, no, that's okay. So so uh, let's just do Candisha then. Okay. And you can... So my four will be Candisha, but your five was actually Candisha. Livid. Livid was five? Livid is five. Oh, my God. I fucked up. Well, how do we talk now? Like, let me... I don't know, Don. This is fucked up. I'm just going home. <laughs> just leave. Yeah. Uh, I'll do my four. Do, do your four. I'll go back to Livid. Okay. Perfect. Uh, so, my number four is Candisha. Alicia Candisha. Alicia Candisha. Um, I thought I'd have it down. I didn't think I'd need my phone out. Fucking A. Well, you've got that whole weird thing where you don't want to fucking, like, have your screen time too high or whatever. Yeah. I should have just wrote it out like I normally do. Or just not worry about that screen time settings app. And you know what? I mean, I know it's not like three hours straight, but when I look and it tells me I was on my phone for three hours a day, I was like, God damn, I could have been doing some better things. But it's also like I'm waiting for a game in Halo, so I'm looking at Instagram or, reels. Or, or recording your podcast that you're involved in. That too. Yeah. Eh, okay. Well, What's ahead. more important, that or the podcast? Definitely that. Definitely that. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. So my number four is Candisha. Alicia Candisha. Alicia Candisha. So um, why don't, well, you, you're you so much better at hypnosis than me. Can you do the Candisha hypnosis? I, I would love to do the hypnosis. The plot? The, yes. Thank so you, Eric. Candisha, yeah. Uh, this Even pop- though it's my number four, please yes, tell us what Candisha is because uh, you're good at it. Three women. This is somewhere in, in France. You're already doing better than I would have. Go ahead. And uh, they are into uh, graffiti. Yes. And uh, you learn that one of them, uh, their parents recently passed away. So they're doing like a big mu- mural of the, of the parents. And uh, they're collectively known as BAM. Uh, each letter in the word BAM is one of their first names. Is the letter of their first name. Right. And so they're in this abandoned building. They're throwing up this big moral when they see the word Kandisha. And, Kandisha. and they're like, ooh, what's Kandisha? And, and at first they think maybe it's like another tagger. And so they're able to like rip back the wall and they're, and they're able to fully see it. And one of the girls knows the legend of Kandisha. I guess in the 16th century, 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 uh, France was occupied by the Portuguese. And there was this woman Alicia Candisha, Alicia who, Candisha, whose whose husband was murdered by these Portuguese soldiers. So, uh, in retaliation, she would seduce uh, Portuguese soldiers and then kill them. So the legend is she's a protector of women. Yeah. So one of our main characters, Amelia, she has an abusive ex. It's been months. She's not interested in him anymore. But 
He still is. She's walking home one night after throwing up this tag and he tries to sexually assault her. She's so upset about it that she summons Alicia Candisha. And uh, sure enough, it works. He comes back. She comes back. Excuse me. And uh, at first, they think it's just a coincidence that... um, I think they think he committed suicide. Well, he gets hit by a car. Oh, right, right. And at first, they think it's just kind of a coincidence. But then there's two more deaths. And so finally, she has to go to her other friends and be like, hey, I think I summoned a ghost. I think I summoned it. Alicia Kandisha. So at first, they're really confused. They're like, we thought Kandisha is supposed to protect us. Why would she be killing off our friends? Because you learn that they have uh, guy friends in their group. The reveal is she demands sacrifice in return for her summoning. Yes. And she wants, and she needs to kill six men. And this is in lieu of the six Portuguese soldiers soldiers that she killed. So now they have to find a way to stop Candisha before she continues killing the rest of their guy friends. Yes, and family, I think. This is true. Family <laughs> um, is equal game. And so, you know, we when we originally reviewed this, uh, and it wasn't that long ago, like maybe a few episodes, mm-hmm. I called it the Moroccan Candyman. And that's entirely correct. I mean, I feel like I liked it more this time. Because I kept thinking Candyman, especially yeah. because it's set in like high-rise apartments. Now, the film never exactly says if these are supposed to be like lower income. But there is the issue where they keep making fun of one of the girls because she lives in uh, a nice house. Right. Whereas, you know, in Candyman, like Cabrini Green is 100% a ghetto. Yes. So, I, I mean, so that's just another way I feel like it invokes... Candyman, because it's set in these uh, apartment complexes. Yeah, and it deal. You know, there's all these all this graffiti, right? right? So backdrops and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I just loved this movie. I I connected. I we again did not review this that long ago, um, but I connected with the characters. I thought the three girls were really really cool and likable, mm-hmm. and so I was just I the way you explained it was they sort of have to stop Candisha at some point, right? Uh, they and, eventually go to a, a sheik, uh, 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 Islamic exorcist, mm-hmm. uh, to uh, find how do we stop her? And I really, you know, I remember watching it thinking, man, I really want them to figure out how to stop her. Mm-hmm. I cared. The point of it is I cared. And so I was like, oh, I really like Candisha, this movie, because if I care, you know, I'm like, oh, man, I really hope they could stop her. I was like, oh, well, this is a good movie. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really, really liked it. You know, I talked about the opening. Uh, they get you to like them, bec- the girls, so quickly because there's this sequence where they, they're uh, tagging, right, like you said. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all just start dancing to this song that's playing. Right. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, I like these these chicks. So, um, yeah, I mean, I loved I, I, I love Candisha. I don't think it's, like, perfect or the greatest mm-hmm. movie ever. But it's super, super well made. Great, like, legend. You know, I don't know if... Uh, I wonder if they made up Candisha yeah. or is this like, I have no idea. A real Moroccan legend. Right. But uh, yeah, just connected with the characters and really, really wanted them to figure out how to stop Alicia Candisha. Yeah. And we won't say if they do, mm. but yeah, it was really good. I'd love a Blu-ray of Candisha. Like mm. I, it's frustrating. All this shit's frustrating. Give us Blu-rays, give us movies. And that was my number four, four, which was Alicia Candisha. So Eric, okay. I got to go backwards. I fucked up. I said my number five was The Deep House, which is incorrect. The Deep House is my number four. My number five is Livid. 
Uh, I feel like Livid being so low might be my fault. Um, I've only seen it one time. Uh, that's how, I'm glad you said it. That's how I feel about the Deep House. The Deep House being my number six, I feel like it's my fault. Like I feel like I need to see it again as well. So go ahead. Right. Um, so this was super exciting. Uh, Shutter acquired it, although it left like maybe like a month or so later. Um, Livid is about uh, three friends. Uh, they are looking to get out of whatever city in France that they live in. Uh, one of them is a home healthcare worker and she learns or, or she's just getting hired and she learns that one of her, and she goes from like house to house and one of her patients is this woman who's effectively in a coma. Uh, and she's like, um, there's no coming out of it. I don't know if there's a term for that. And it's this big fucking house and you learn that the family is like pretty well off that they're able to just like keep her uh, in her coma state. Yes. Um, and uh, the lady that's introducing her to all of these patients tells her a story that supposedly there's some money in the house. So she goes and she tells her boyfriend and the boyfriend tells his best friend. So the idea is let's go rob this fucking lady in a coma should be easy peasy, right? Uh, so this my, is death. Breathe, don't breathe before don't breathe. Well, I have a new description for you. Lay it on me. This is don't breathe before don't breathe, but don't breathe mixed with Saint Maud. I'm going to disagree with you. There. Okay, where do you, where are you seeing the Saint Maud? The home health care uh, caretaker idea. This is why I'm going to disagree. Okay, Res- respectfully with KP, Saint Maud. The home health care carrier, carrier, care, mod. Yes. Uh, she's there because she cares. Yeah. That's why I said mixed with, don't breathe. Whereas I feel like the main character in Livid, she don't give a fuck about this bitch. She's there to right. rob her ass. So, so don't breathe. So it's mixed with, don't breathe. Home health care, don't breathe. So they don't give a fuck about her. I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> okay, fine. Don't breathe. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so- Just don't breathe. Just don't breathe. It's don't breathe it, before don't breathe. But then it gets fantastical. Crazy. And I don't know what the fuck is going on, Doc. I was crazy on board for like 70 minutes of this film, and then it just fucking lost E-Doc. It reminds me a lot of Insidious, like the further. Mm. It kind of has that element. Um, not necessarily the further, but just like the weirdness and fa- fantastic, kind of like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. So... Um, Seen it once, seen it recent, so it didn't connect that well. I guess, yeah, it, it didn't land with E-Dog. Like, if it could have just, I mean, and, and it's fine if it wanted to go the paranormal route. Yeah. I mean, that would have been, you know, I am I'm I love the Deep House, and it's, you know, and it goes the paranormal route. But I guess it was, like, too, like, I don't want to say fairy tale-ish, like dark fairy tale-ish, but it just really missed, the, the end missed for me, and hmm. that's why I thought it was so low. I, I was excited when I, so I have a, uh, overseas blu-ray of it that's region b but i have a region free blu-ray player so this is how i originally saw livid and um i was just expecting it because i had heard it's not so this is their second film right correct the first this is their follow-up film to inside Mm. and i remember thinking and hearing well don't expect inside because it's not violent and so i was super excited to find out it actually is violent Mm. it's just not like inside inside is kind of its own category game. Yeah. Um, and so when I originally saw it, I loved it and actually we can do it. That's, uh, cause I would go next, right? My number three is livid. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this is just sort of like OG 
uh, Bustillo and Mori. So like I have this and I got this like special Blu-ray. And so it kind of holds like a special place in my heart like that. Um, uh, since I'm doing it now, I guess I'll tell the story of it. And I think everyone knows and I'm sure you're aware of it. But I'll tell the story that what happened was this is at the time that the Weinsteins would buy um, films, international foreign films, and they'd buy the U.S. rights, never release it in the U.S., and then remake it. And then Dimension would put out a remake. And so that's what happened with Livid. They were going to remake it uh, and never did. And then obviously the Weinsteins are uh, pieces of shit. Yes. So uh, they don't exist anymore. And like the rights are fucked up now because no, like some people have them. Some people don't to these films because their company exploded uh, because of Harvey Weinstein. So Livid is in like this weird place where it never got released here. So the rights are weird. So I actually would love to know again, cause I, I'm a nerd like this. How did shutter end up getting to release it? And why only for a month? Like right. they're obviously it's obvious to me that something again is amiss because of how oh. short they had it. Um, I'm sure it's a real deal. I'm sure they paid and did it, but I'm guessing whoever has the rights again is holding them back for some reason again. So I don't know. Well, like I said, it's on iTunes right now. So that's interesting. Yeah, but it's just very odd. So yeah, livid. Um, I, I just would assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I know absolutely nothing about digital rights, streaming, renting, but it feels like there'd be more of a payout if one service was like, hey, we're going to give you this amount of money yeah. to let us uh, you know, have your film. Or is it like iTunes has to like continuously give the right holders X amount of money for it to be on their service? Are they paying for it to be on their service? And then just hoping one little asshole is going to watch the film because we talked about it. Mm, no, I mean, it, they, they distribute it through there. So iTunes pays them every time we rent it or every time uh, we buy it. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I'm just trying to think like how or why? Yeah. It's very weird. What, what would be their reason? Like, I'm sure they want money, right? I don't know. So how are they getting the most of it? And again, I think that's why I told the whole story, which is like, it's always had this weird rights problem. Mm. Um, but yeah, the film itself, uh, you know, you're seeing it as after Don't Breathe. I saw oh, it before I saw Don't Breathe. That's very true. I'm sorry for interrupting you. But you know, it wasn't just Livid and Among the Living that left. Like their whole French collection- yeah. It was weird. Took off. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that. that like, that's a very good point. That And I and I really like Don't Breathe. Yeah. So it, so it was kind of like uh, the underdog when I watched it for the first time. Yeah. So when I saw Don't Breathe, when I watched it, I was thinking livid. You're like, this is livid with, yeah, the, I was with like, a blind I, uh, veteran. Yes. I literally was like, oh, Fetty Alvarez made like livid, but different, you know, a different version of it. This that's fun. That's funny that we have those two different yeah. mixed so, thoughts. So, um, but yeah, so I, I really like it. I mean, I don't like, you know, it's not inside, right? right. But um, yeah, I don't know. Livid's good. And again, it, it kind of holds this weird special place in my heart because it was like this film we always wanted to see that these guys made their follow-up to Inside and mm. we could just never see it. I mean, this goes back to like 2000, well, 2007 with Inside. Like, okay, we got to see their next film. And then, we ne- fuck. and then we never saw it. Let me ask you this. Was it their follow-up film for you? No, for sure, no. No, I didn't see it till so I would have seen Inside. I think Among the Living was probably what I saw after Inside. Yeah, I do too. I think it was Inside Among the Living, Leatherface, Candisha, D- 
No, I, I, well, I left out livid. Fuck it, whatever. No, it was not my follow-up. Mm-hmm. I saw, I would have seen it after Among the Living. Yes, after Among the Living. Because I, I imagine, I remember I didn't get to Among the Living. Like, it was like, I probably didn't even have a Shudder account. You know, like, and it was probably there for X amount of time. I think it was the first film I ever watched on Shudder. Because I, I signed up to watch Among the Living. And I, yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I feel like it was probably you that was like, hey, this is the guys that made Inside. Yeah. You should You should fucking watch this shit. Yeah, we try to follow these fucking people. Uh, you know, maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but like Inside is just like so good. I think maybe they just screwed themselves. Well, I think all of their films are that, good. I agree, but everything but, that follows is like, damn, dog, you got to live up to Inside. Well, it's kind of like, again, you can laugh at us saying his name, Pascal Leguir, Lejuir, whatever. The guy that made Martyrs. I think it's Lujuajua. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's his problem, right? So, like, his follow-up was this uh, Jessica Biel movie called The Tall Man. Right. And it is, it's we it's it's not awful. It's just not really good. I never saw it. Uh, it's okay. It's fine. And then he did Ghostland, right? Right. Uh, Incident in a Ghostland, Ghostland uh, overseas. And that movie's, like, pretty fucking good. It's insane. Does that have a blue? I just have a DVD. No. That does not have a blue. Um, and that movie, that movie's way better than the tall man. Like that's what, Oh no, I really liked it. Well, I hate saying this because again, it's mean spirited and fucked up, but like, that's what I want from him. And, uh, the tall man was like his attempt. I think it was made with a studio because Jessica Beals in it and shit. And I think they were like, what the fuck is this when he finished it? Cause it's not very good. Um, but anyways, yeah. So livid, it was my number three, Eric, what's your number three? So my number three is Candisha. Oh, cool. Um, Really liked it. Tell more. us what it's about. I'm just kidding. You, you uh, told us for like 20 minutes. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, I feel like the first time I was a little hard on it. I do too. But the second time around, I kind of really like it. And I think I kind of really like Candisha because of Candyman. Yeah. Like, cause you know, it's like, oh, that's another riff on the, on a similar idea of a movie that is probably top 10 for me personally, you know, if we're doing our like favorite 10 horror films ever. I, I almost like Candisha more than the new Candyman. Because while I think the new Candyman is like way more stylish and fucking cool, remember I like we've you've heard me talk about it. Like the ending is just like what? Like I don't want to walk out right now. Very odd ending. Uh, where Candisha actually has an ending. It does. I mean, I I I one hundred percent get what you're saying, but, but, can, but I would but never Candyman, say Candisha is better than twenty twenty one Candyman. Twenty twenty one Candyman looks a lot better, but I, like I, it is a I, much more nicer made film. I understand what you're <coughs> right. saying. All right, go ahead. So three uh, Candisha. Yeah. So that's kind of why I like it because it's like a riff on one of my favorite horror films uh, already. Uh, Charming. Uh, the girl. The characters are like, well, yes, absolutely, and uh, you know. We get some of that uh, Maury and Bastille violence and gore that I want. Yes. Yeah, so that's great. Great creature effects, fun riff, likable characters. Candisha fucking rules. Yeah, I agree. And we've talked it quite a bit, so yeah, it's yeah. your three. Yeah. So, so, so it sounds like you and I are going to have two and one the same. Yes, we're going to have the same, so we can just talk them together. We can just fucking talk. So our number, number two, two is obviously inside. I'm just kidding, of course. I'm joking. I felt like that was, should have been my joke. No, I'm kidding. I um, wanted to steal it from you. Yeah. Uh, is is Leatherface. Yes. And Leatherface. A movie that like everyone hated. I feel like you and I are the only ones on the Leatherface train, G. I'll never forget like um, because obviously uh, we saw it. 
we would have seen Leatherface after a lot of people had seen it, like uh, reviewers and stuff. I'm pretty sure I saw it just rinsing at VOD. I did too. But I'm just what I'm saying is there was a reaction already online to Correct. It when we saw it. Correct. And I remember I was like, everyone hated it. And I was like, they all hate like Bustillo and Maury's Leatherface film? Like, how is this possible? Like, mm. is it awful? And I watched it and I was like, fuck, this is so good. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what's wrong with it? And then of course it has just that, and we don't have to reveal it, just that like one twist. And I was like, that's it? That's why everyone hates it? Here's the thing, dog. Here's the thing. Call E-Dog stupid, naive, any of those words. I was so into it. Like I I was buying that twist. Like they were just force feeding E-Dog. Yeah. And I was just like, can I have another? Can I have another? And then something happens. I guess it's kind of finally like the moment when you're like, okay, this is what's going on. I was like, oh no. Like I was so into it. I had to go to my mom's house and be like, I just watched the Text Chainsaw Massacre prequel. I spoil it for you because I found it that exciting. Yeah. And maybe we, maybe we had, and I know I agree. We saw it very quickly. I'm not implying that, but there was already a reaction. Right. And I think what I, what I'm getting at is I think it helped that I went in the first time I watched Bustillo and Maury's Leatherface. I went into it with the idea in my head that I didn't care about the t- that it's connected to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It didn't even like when I. It, it's kind of not like it's it's very not right. And when I think of Leatherface, uh, Bustillo and Maury's not the character. I literally don't think of it as being in the franchise. Right. Like it's not. It doesn't even cross my mind. And so I think that's helped where I just think it's a fucking sick film and it's very violent and very, you know, it's very Bustio and Mori. And so what's crazy is this is also not their final cut. Apparently exactly. it's like, exactly. It would have made, probably even been better. Uh, right. It got taken away from them right. in the, during the editing process. Um, and it's still this good. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what I think is kind of wild and this is kind of supporting where, what you're saying about how you you don't even associate it with the TCM franchise. Um, You know, I think Kim Hinkle has always owned the rights to TCM, but then I guess, you know, like other people get these rights to to make TCM, you know. So whenever the people that had the rights during this time period, they also did Text Chainsaw 3D, and they're trying to say, and this is just a random thought out of the dog's ass, they're trying to say what else is new, Doc? They're they're trying to say that Leatherface, the original film, and then Texas Chainsaw 3D are all in the same universe. When really those three films seem like they probably weren't even made on the same fucking planet. No, they're all, all just so different from right. from each other, in my opinion. Completely, and and I think that's why like it's helpful with TCM. I feel like everyone always is like. I feel like TCM, everyone's always concerned with like the timeline and, and, and this is a sequel to this one, but not to this one and this whole thing. And I feel like the, I, I said this, we just did our ranking of these films and I told you, I was like, I honestly feel like none of these movies have any connected connectivity whatsoever. And so I pretty much view all of them now that I think of it as their own films. Standalones. I mean, one and two, obviously two has a different tone. One and two do feel closer because at least they're Toby Hooper and he's trying to follow it up, even though the tone is so different. But after that, they're just fucking completely different movies. I would say the Platinum Dunes have the same feel. Those two, sure. But then even then, it's like a prequel that, yeah, I guess. 
Um, but I don't know. I, I so I just I think I guess what we're trying to to describe is that people hate this Leatherface movie, and I think because it's, they're associating it, and they're so caught up in the TCMness gotcha. of it, they're not realizing it's fucking sick. And if this was called anything else, right? It'd be right. a great fucking like French extremism movie. I feel um, like it's kind of almost a riff on, uh, and maybe this is this is too close minded or small minded of me because maybe there's another film, um, The Devil's Rejects. Yeah, how it's like the road movie aspect and like they're on the run. Right. Well, that. But I was gonna say how it's like fucked up individuals going up against fucked up law enforcement. Yeah. Like they're both fucked up together. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a great point. And then obviously they're on the run and, right. and um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously in, in case we have any new listeners that haven't heard me say this exact same fucking description. So I know for you out there that have heard me say it, I know I say this all the time, but I'll never forget the first time I watched this Leatherface movie, um, a character puts a shotgun in front of mm. this woman's face in a diner and in in the split second in my head, I was like, well, they're not going to pull the trigger. I mean, that would just – obviously, that's too – I mean, it's almost, it's needless. I mean, for the film. It does not have to ha- happen. They've already threatened everyone. But boy, do we want it. And this dude, j- he pulls the trigger and blows this woman's head off in a diner. And, I, and there's just viscera. And I was like, oh, my God. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Like, uh, was not expecting it to go that hard. Right. And um, there's yeah. necrophilia in this film. It's, yeah, it's very fucked up. But again, TCM and these, you know, it's Bustio and Mori. So like, man, I would love to see their cut of this movie. Um, I guess I'm thankful for what we got. For sure. I mean, I, I loved it. I And it was so weird, the reaction. Everyone was like, oh, I fucking sucked. Crazy. Uh, it's not my leather face. Hashtag not my leather face. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, but none of them are your leather face. So damn, can you get heavy over here? So Eric, he, uh, I'm 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 pleased to report that all the TCMs that you guys hate, he dog likes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Eric, so that, honestly, our, our number two was was Bustio and Mori's leather face, but our number yeah. one Bustio and Mori film is uh, their debut. Yeah, quite one that has not yet been topped. This was a shotgun blast of epic proportions. There are certain films in E-Dog's life that were just so monumental monumental to me. I remember where I was, who I was with, and just that emotional feeling I had toward the film. Inside is one of them. Well, tell us the story. Where'd you watch it? It was at home. Uh, I was still living with my mom. Shout out to mom. Uh, ex-girlfriend at the time. Oh, or or oh, now, should oh. I say? Yeah. Uh, and I remember like putting it on and like as the film progressed, being like, this shit turned up. Yeah. This shit turned up right now. Well, and remember the cover was so clear, but at that time- Dim- We didn't know what was going on. No, because Dimension Extreme would do these covers that usually had nothing to do with the film. Right. I'm looking at you, Nightmare Detective. I'm looking at you, Broken. You know what? I really like Storm Warning. And did you know it was the motherfucker that did Urban Legend? I had no idea. No. Go ahead. Um, obviously, the cover for Inside is is it's a picture of a, a pregnant a stomach. Womb? Yes. And scissors. And that's it. And it, obviously, it, it invokes emotions just in that alone. And, you know, you're never quite sure that... Uh, and I guess I, I don't know if I should say if that happens or not. But uh, you're like, is that going to happen in this movie? 
And um, yeah, this is a fucking insane. I mean, this is French extremism to the max, in my opinion, because there were other films like Frontiers that were like, uh, I could uh, maybe bloodier, but this one is so personal. Like it's so little, but so mean spirited in its violence in a small way. And I actually think it's way more impactful this way. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping the gun with this question, but I'm going to ask you. Uh, it's a very intimate film. Uh, often I will tweet dumb bullshit. Really? Yeah, unsurprisingly. And uh, uh, there's this nice dude I interact with on Twitter. His name's Brian Scott. Not sure if he's a listener or not, but if you are, shout out Brian Isn't Scott. Isn't it Br- Brian the Horror Nerd? Uh, no, he goes by Horror Movie Fanboy. I think that's... Is it the same guy? Yeah, oh, I think so. He's oh. re- He left us a review. Yes, he's a listener. Oh, okay. Shout out. Uh, and uh, I, I post my top four of what I've been watching on Letterboxd. Yes. And so whenever I did Inside... I was a bit disappointed in your your star rating. I went nine and a half. Well, you went five, uh, four, uh, four and, and, and a half. half. Well, nine and a half. I'm on drugs, okay? I'm I all went, fucked up. I went nine out of ten. And... I, for fun, because that's so high. This is this is a superfluous. Super, this is an awful pronunciation episode. Um, this is a pointless conversation. Why not the the ha- the further the full half ten? Star? Yeah, damn. Good question. And you know what it is? It's when the sheriff comes, or it's when that police officer comes back to life. Yeah, that makes zero fucking goddamn sense to me. So I, I knocked down half star for that. Well, you know me. I, don't care I mean, about it's logic. cool because it's kind of like another like what the shit like exciting moment, but it's also like this guy's been shot in the head twice now. Yeah, why is he still around? It's a dumb logic thing. Sure, I for you me. You answered the question I was asking yeah. you why. So please go ahead. Okay, so he replied that inside is 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 good, but it's second to martyrs in terms of French horror films. This is gonna get dicey, Eric. Go ahead. What do you think? Okay, so. I have a couple things to say here. I think inside is intimate, small, and you know one of the best movies ever made. Uh, I think personally, um, I think if I had to, let's just say if I had to rank them one and two, yes, I, I would put Mar- I would put Martyrs one for Damn. me personally. You're, so you're siding with the but that but horror the, movie fanboy, but Martyrs is also speaking to like the existential um, question of life and stuff to me. And obviously as everyone knows, I'm sure it's annoying to hear me talk about this all the time, but that the ending of martyrs is like the final words of it uh, have like, you know, I saw that film in 2008, I think. And obviously it's just a giant film that is asking this insane question. And obviously you know, it has all this viscera and craziness in it, but it's also like, I mean, in martyrs, they're trying to figure out if there's life after death. And so it has that like religious aspect almost. And so for me, martyrs is speaking more to my, to me, but I, I actually even saying it feel horrible because of how much I like inside, Mm. but, um, martyrs has that extra element. So for me, Martyrs would be one. Eric, go ahead. Martyrs inside. Uh, here I have screen capped on my phone uh, Martyrs being available on iTunes to remind myself that I need to watch it again. Yeah. 
Uh, When's the last time you've seen it? Probably 2009. Oh my gosh. So I guess what I'm getting at is like, to me, Inside is so good that that seems like a wild statement that both of you guys are saying Martyrs are number one. You offer a good explanation as to why you like Martyrs uh, so much. And um, I guess I'll get around to hopefully Martyrs sometime again soon. Well, the problem with both of them, I think Inside is is more rewatchable than than Martyrs, they're both films that you don't want to see a lot because especially like the ending of Inside is just, it's hard to go through. This film is a film that you you, you don't want to go through this with her, but it's, you know, but Martyrs has this extended um, like torture sequences and stuff mm. that are extremely hard to watch. So, you know, I think inside is a more, this is so funny to say about these movies because neither of them are, but I think inside is much more popcorn and martyrs is much more serious. They're both deadly serious. I I get what you're saying. Martyrs is even, it has that extra layer of like basically fuck the viewer of the film. And inside is still like a thriller, right? Crowd pleasing. Right. Um, the cops try to help, you know, you're right. like, oh yeah, you know, like right. fist pump. And then it, you know, is foiled. I get you. And martyrs turns into like basically, um, an assault on the viewer. Gotcha. And so, but again, because of martyrs connection to the afterlife and religious aspects, I like it more, but, um, they're both, I mean, God. Almighty. So if we were doing just a French episode period, you're putting martyrs at one martyrs would be my number one. Damn. Yeah, for sure. It'd be, I mean, martyrs than inside. <laughs> it'd be martyrs inside high tension, right? Damn, I, mean, I don't know. There you go. Um, we just we just did two episodes for you guys. Well, it's funny because um, I mean, you you know, what about you? I mean, how do you? I guess you already kind of said you you haven't seen uh, martyrs in a long time, but I don't, over a decade. I don't blame you for it either. I've only seen it more because I've shown it to people. Gotcha. That's how I've rewatched it. Cause you don't sit and, Oh, let's turn martyrs on. Right. And right. feel like shit. Um, I've shown it to several of my friends. I want you guys to feel like shit. I can tell you actually the last time I watched it all shout out if they ever listen. Okay. It was to show Kyle Brim and his girlfriend martyrs. Um, and actually maybe Josh Fisher. I think he might've been there. Some friends of ours. Sounds like a weird combo. It, well, yeah, because here's what happened. I think my brother to show them martyrs. I think my brother had, uh, and maybe Jamie, shout out Jameson Lucas. What's up? I think they had promoted to them that there was this fucked up movie that they should never watch. Oh, and I think so they, like, it was tantalizing. Yeah. They're like, what do you mean? Like, let's just watch it. It can't be that bad. And their reaction was, yeah, it was pretty fucked up. Hmm. Um, I think that was the last time I watched it at his house. And you know where I'll tell you where we rented it. So I have the Blu-ray, but my Blu-ray was in Las Cruces because I was still going to college at the time. And, uh, we, the way that we watched it, we rented it from the PlayStation store Nice, and it had the fully uncut version at the time. It was crazy. Um, so anyways, but our number one for Bustillo and Maury is their most excellent home invasion thriller. It's kind of funny that we couldn't get through a French extremism episode without also opining about martyrs. I mean, it's the same genre. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're both so, and they came out, a year apart, I believe. I think I think it was 07 inside 2008 Martyrs. And uh, these were the halcyon days for us, mm. uh, at least for me. 
So anyways, number one, Inside, we love it. Uh, do not watch Inside and think you're going to see a crowd-pleasing movie in any way. Depends on your definition of crowd-pleasing because, you know, I'm there for, like, the violence and the gore, and uh, it's certainly crowd-pleasing in that aspect. Well, definitely, but, man, it is is it sad. There is a... Uh... There is a headshot. Yes. That I somehow managed to forgot to have forgotten. There's a scissor in a hand. And uh, whenever that happened, I was like, okay. You know what? One thing I want to say about all uh, Bastille and Mori films is each one of their films closes out with like a haunting final image. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Each one of their films, it's like one last shot and it's like, bam. So we love good these stuff. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking about it now. I mean, it's funny because I want to rewatch it, but every time I do, I'm like, yeah, I don't need to see inside for a few more years. And if you haven't seen it, it's available on iTunes. I'll double check for you guys right now. He'll check right now. Yeah. But while he does that, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the ghoul squad podcast. I can't believe it took us this long. You Sorry. Know, I, don't, I, I don't know what our uh, next episode will be about. Mm, oh, you know, I had an idea. Okay. We do this every time and then we never do it. We should do one soon and we should review like with spoilers, no spoilers, with spoilers. Uh, nope. Oh, just. Well, yeah, we'll do some like, you know, other shit, trivia, and then do a full like it'll be called Nope Review. I'd be into that. Um, because we can't fucking, I cannot wait to see this movie. This is my most anticipated movie of the year. I agree. It's Nope. Um, and that kind of worries me. You know, I get, I get, I get scared. I'm like, fuck, I really hope I like it a lot because I'm very excited for it. Um, Eric is still searching iTunes for inside. <laughs> uh, just the remake came up. Well, go to Bustillo and Mori. Oh, here it is. Inside. You found it? I did. It's available to buy for five ninety nine. That's That'll awesome. be the best $6 you guys will have ever spent. And you should also watch. And if you scroll, Alicia Kandisha, Alicia Kandisha, Alicia Kandisha. And if you scroll down to related, you'll oh, see- it's it's list. I'm sorry, it's listed on iTunes as the inside. Oh, weird. So you need to search the inside. That's very odd. A pregnant woman is tormented by a strange woman four months after her husband's death. The strange woman wants her unborn baby. Wow. Uh, the user rating is three and a half. That's funny. Sounds right. $6 to buy. Okay. Well, we're trailing as usual. So, Eric, anything else on this episode of the Ghoul Squad podcast? We love you. We're sorry it took us so long. And uh, I don't think there's ever going to be an episode that we don't say that. True. But, uh, yeah, maybe we'll review Nope next. I'd like to do one soon. So just one big nope review episode? Yeah, well, and then other bullshit, like if in case you watch... Some bullshit. Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Some pressure now. What's your... What's your ex- Apprehensive? Yeah. Uh, my mother wants to watch it, and she hasn't seen season three. Oh, well, that makes total sense. Why didn't you say that originally? Because I wanted to sound like I was a cool, tough guy. Yeah, oh, nice, yeah. Um, well, you kind of look like a cool, tough guy. Uh, avoiding what's cool right now. Sweet. Yeah. And on that note, <laughs> bye. Thank we love you, you so much. Thank you. Uh, buy a shirt. Click links in our podcast description. They're all in there. Yeah. Uh, at Ghoul Squad FM on everything. Or just say hello. Yes. And goodbye. Godspeed. You know, we're we're done. Okay. 
We made it through a whole episode without talking about the pandemic. Or having to get up to go pee. Well, that we're probably dehydrated. This is probably a new age for the Girl Squad podcast. Okay, goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.